Unscripted. Bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. Come and get it. And now your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Yes, it is, and here yes, we are. It is. The Modern Eater Show on the air everywhere, live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. This is a good night for me, man. Uh, Angelo's in the house. You ready? I am. I'm excited about this. All right, this, let's man. see. We got some people in here tonight. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's, gonna it's be not a the night to be evening. on a diet, that's for sure. No, 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 no. This is going to be a good night. Angelo's Taverna and Carboy Winery, Logan Street, Ivy on 7th. These are all places that if you're not familiar with, you're about to be. Get straight to the show. He's shucking oysters right now. His name's Eric Hyatt, owner, and uh, you could call yourself Chief, Chief Effer Offer <laughs> or Upper. Effer Upper. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Uh, I get a lot of people's ways. Man, sometimes. welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, it's good to have us. We're really happy to be here. I'm, it's been a while. We've been working on this for quite some time. Have to um, give hats off to Madison, who put this all together. Thank Thanks, you, Madison, Madison, so much. I love it that the history I did not know when we were talking yeah. about Angelo's back in September. Yeah. I didn't know the history that you had with it as well. I do have a little history, yeah. piece by piece, <laughs> and on the show with us tonight. <laughs> um, we're going to piece this all together. We're going to talk um, a little history with Angelos. I'm a Denverite. I'm a, a native to Cherry Creek. Grew up on 6th and Jackson, yeah. just right down the street from the Angelos there. Angelos is on 6th and what? 6th and Washington. 6th and Washington. Yeah. Boy, I mean. Well, and you guys, how long have you guys been there? So Angelo's was there. At 74, it became an Angelo's. Yeah. It was a Fratelli's Pizza before that. Yeah, let's do that. We've got a couple of historians here with us. Yeah. Actually, Angelo is a guy. Angelo is a Angelo guy. Angelo Lamio. He, he was a real guy. He's no longer with us anymore, but uh, he's got his brother. His legacy here. lives on. What, the oldest brother of five? Is that right? He was the oldest of five, and I'm, I'm the youngest. Albert, Albert is here with us, Albert Lavio, uh, Angelo's brother, and my mother, Patricia Peterson. Because these two went to preschool together, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Greg went to my mother's preschool. <laughs> I, I, you know, I remember that place. Yeah. I mean, St. Augustine's, no? Well, no, the there. Mariana Day School. Mariana Day School, wow. Miss Janet and Miss... So, Eric, you're going to have to just, for one segment, sit back and kind of take it all in because we're going to walk down memory, memory no, lane here. Um, so let's set it up. Albert, why don't you do that? You're, What's you're, that? Uh, well, talk about the family, the Lavio family. My old man, I actually talked to George. Did you? I wanted to tell you to say hi to him. Yeah, I will. I talked to my dad on the phone. He, all kinds of memories came flushing back. But he said, basically, 10th and Monroe is where you guys grew up, right? Correct. He said they couldn't get rid of him. He was at your place all the time on uh, any kind of dinner, and there was always a pot of spaghetti. The sauce was always going. Always. At the house. And Angelo, he, he was redhead. Redheaded yes. guy. Yeah. Yes. What, what's up with that? Is he a I part of the two family? two brothers with red hair. My, I, my next oldest sibling for me had bright red hair. So we have Scott. There's some Scots, Scotchmen in our history. Angelo We're not all is, Italian. Angelo is a very talented guy. He, he loved was very the charismatic. <laughs> so, so the year of our Lord, 1974, I was just a two-year-old boy. And um, there it is. Angelo's is starting up on 6th and, and Washington. Yeah. 
Um, the place just from there turned into kind of the pizza institution for me. I grew up on the kitchen sink. I think we have that here with us. It's a delicious pizza, and it Love actually it. still lives here today, doesn't it? Does, it lives the on. Recipe. Yeah. That's amazing. It's that original sauce recipe that we were able to, to, to purchase when we took over and, and mm-hmm. took on the name. So we kept that original red sauce, the pizza dough, same pizza dough, same ingredients, then Dendrato flour, all that, that good Italian high quality. He did high quality ingredients when he, yes. made his, when he made his food. And that's what stood the test of time. We're on decade five with his recipes. Is it really? Eric, yeah. have you guys been able to find those same? Because I know 50 years is a long time. Yeah. And the flour companies come and go. Yeah. I mean, many companies come and go. You guys have stood that test of time, but do you guys find any problems sourcing the original ingredients that you... We haven't. There was... Denrado flour is one of the main ingredients that we use for the pizza crust, and um, I feel like they're going to be in business long after I'm not around. <laughs> they're going to keep it going. Um, and all the, the ingredients that go into the red sauce, there's... God, there's... I think there's 19 ingredients that go into that red sauce. Cool. And we haven't had a problem keeping that the same the same brands, so that's that's the key because you can buy Seven yeah. Eleven crushed tomatoes, tomato puree, but if you don't get the quality stuff, and that's where that's where we we keep buying the same stuff that's on the menu. Well, and it's interesting on that recipe card because people will change change their recipes. Yeah. You know, sometimes manufacturers find oh I can save a penny here or there by using this different tomato or going sourcing something different. So that's hard. Yeah, and it was easy for us to to do that because we knew that there was something that was. Mm-hmm. Tried and true. They were yeah. there for 40 years. We do have a... Que- so, they think the basement's haunted over at Angelo's. Down <laughs> yeah, it was haunted. A scary place. Yeah. yeah. And we, have, we had a, an employee uh, working in the kitchen. She goes downstairs. She was there for a week. And she came up white. Like, she was just scared. And her hair was standing up. And she had this look in her eyes. And she said, there's a guy in the basement. And we're like, so, we all went down there. Because, you know, we didn't know. It was a homeless guy that wandered down there. And... So we went down there and no one in the basement. And so we asked her about it. She's like, I was standing here. I was getting the ice cream out of the freezer. And there was a guy. And I said, I said, hola, senor. And, and then I, I took the ice cream and turned around. And he was gone. He wasn't there anymore. I took him upstairs. You saw that picture I, that was sent today? Mm-hmm. You I just got to the chills. Don't tell me that. You yeah. showed that I picture. just got the chills. I showed her that picture. And she just stood there. And she grabs her arms. And she looks at me. And she has this look in her face like that. And she's, that was him. And so she thinks that she saw. She had no idea the story about Angelo or, or the, the restaurant. And so that was something that really, and this happened about a year and a half ago. I think we have a yeah. picture of Angelo. Jay will probably show it here on the screen. It's probably going to pop yeah, up. Yeah, it's here popped a up a couple of times. That, that, uh, and probably wouldn't surprise you, Albert, for your brother. He, didn't want to, he wanted to be around all the time in the business. Oh, he was obsessed and driven. OCD. That's he would have slept there. I mean, Love the business. Oh, my God. So businesses change hands all the time, right? Yeah. But there were a couple of things. And to me, towards the end there, it, was, it got a little dark for the Lavio family and, and that business, right? Um, the things that were worth saving were the names and the pizza yeah. after that. But that was something that the neighborhood almost demanded from you, right? Yeah, Talk a is. little bit about that. So uh, my partner, Craig Jones, and I, this is back in two, that late 2012, um, we were looking to, he owned a pub on Pearl, the pub on Penn, a couple neighborhood bars, you know, like, like places you go and drink and root your college team on. And, um, and so at the time, going back seven years ago, there was a, a, a growth in that, 
in that market in Denver. And he wanted to stay away from restaurants, to be honest. Craig was like, I don't want to open up another restaurant again. So we were looking at the Angelo space because he knew a friend that worked with um, at the Denver, the Bank of Denver. And so they knew someone. Yeah. yeah. And so knew someone that worked there. And they said that, you know, they were through talking. They said, oh, they think that, you know, they, she may be closing the doors at Angelo. So Craig went and talked with her. And uh, we love the spot. It's across the street from Don's. That's busy, busy road. And um, so she was really interested. Roxanne was really interested in, in what we had, to, what, what Craig was, was offering. And then we talked to the, to the Neighborhood Association. And they said, if you touch Angelo's, we will fight you on your, because yeah. it was just beer and wine. Yeah, so their liquor all. license was just beer and wine. And you need alcohol, that extra mix in there to, to really yeah. track. So we thought that was a really strong, important part of the puzzle. And so we met with a neighborhood association, and we talked to different members, and they said, don't mess with Angelo's. And it resonated with us. And we're like, we, if we want to be in this space, in this location, yeah. we need to listen to what the neighborhood is saying. Yeah. Regardless of what our thoughts, what yeah. we wanted for the space were, and so we talked about it, and we were eating. So we went to lunch at uh, at the kitchen downtown, and we we're eating oysters. And he's like, "Do you want to do this? Do you want to run a restaurant with a kitchen?" And I'm like, "Well, we got we got a couple of guys that wanted that were working for the Lavios at for um, at Angelo's with uh, with Roxanne. Uh-huh. They've been there for 13 years, 15 years. And I'm like, we have these guys that." They're solid employees. Yeah. Let's, keep, let's, let's keep it let's going. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, and let's go. Let's give it a shot. Let's put everything we have into it, and let's see if we can make it work. What's the worst-case scenario? If it, if it did not work, if we didn't get people to come in the door to enjoy the food, we had the opportunity to turn it into a bar at that point. You know, we could put a pool table in the back, mm-hmm. and, and that's the reality of what, you know, how we, we approached it. And we opened the doors, and people kept coming in the door, and they were just like, couldn't believe it. And we knew what we were working with because of the history of where they were with their sales. So we look at their business plan and, and what they had going on with sales. So we know what we, were, we had something that we could start with, and we wanted to build on it from there. And it took off like a rocket ship. And it was really important to us to be that neighborhood restaurant. For 40 years, it was the place that we shared stories with Roxanne. She said, it was a snowstorm, 12, 15 inches of snow. Everything around is closed down. No one's going anywhere except Angela's was open, and there was people lined up out the door to get into the place. It was warm. It was cozy. It was pizza and pasta, and it was just a welcoming place. And that is what Craig and I wanted to, to keep going on with Angela's in that neighborhood. And I feel like we did a pretty good job over the last uh, six, seven years now. Uh, building on that. Oh, it's, yeah. It's packed every time yeah. I drive by. It's unbelievable. I love those stories. Yeah. So that's yeah, so, the truth. So 45 you know. years until now, and I'm hoping for another 45 <laughs> years with this new ownership. And I really, d- truly don't see why. Thanks, You'll be Sam. down there haunting people <laughs> in the future. I'm haunting I want right to continue now. with this for another segment, but we have so much ground to cover. Hey, it's let's two, do it. uh, two, two hours. Uh, the first hour, we're going to do food. The next hour, we're going to do a lot of. Uh, Before we go, I, we, we gotta find, we're trying to find out. We asked Roxanne, she didn't have the answer. We want to know why Angelo put green chilies in his meatballs. Wait, can, can we hold on? Hold to that? on. Hold he, on. He, he doesn't know. So. I, don't <laughs> I was, know. I was getting, Yeah, you don't know. I worked there when Angelo first opened it in the seventies. You know, I worked in restaurants, but he treated me like a redheaded stepchild a lot of the time. Keep out of the kitchen. So I worked at the library and Ichabod's and other places around town. 
But um, Let's hold that thought. We'll come back. We've got okay. plenty of time. Okay, this is cool. Eric Hyatt from Angelo's here with us. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Here's, this is a treat. Albert Lavio. This is Angelo's brother. <laughs> this is a treat. This is a oh, fantastic God. treat. And my so mother, flattered. Patricia Peterson. Uh, there he is, Brian Freeman. You're back. You're feeling good. All's well yeah, in the okay. world. We're going to go to the Little Rich Corner. Little Rich has it all locked and loaded over there. I love it. Welcome back from Mexico. Little Rich will break off from iHeart. Come back in a flash. The Modern Eater Show on iHeart Radio. Woo! That was a great opening segment. Angelos, are you kidding me? And so look, look what we've got for you. Real close to Angelos, Carboy Winery. I snagged Big Kevin. He's going to tell us a little bit about Carboy. Yeah, thanks, Rich. So Carboy Winery is is Colorado's fastest growing winery. We've opened three locations in three years, beginning with our flagship location in Littleton in 2016. Then we opened up another one in the mountains in Breckenridge in 2018. And then a, a new location this last fall in, uh, in Denver, right in the heart of Capitol Hill. So um, our focus is just making the best Colorado wine that we can. Uh, we'd love to be Colorado's premier winery, put Colorado wine on the map and really grow this amazing industry here in Colorado with some really cool stuff we're doing. They've got a lot going on, and the wines are spectacular. You're going to learn a lot more about them. We're going to have them come up uh, probably about another 15, 20, it may be towards the last half of the show, but this is going to be awesome. You're going to learn a whole lot. Uh, stay tuned. Stay right here. Don't leave. Stay here with us at the Modern Reader. We will help you get better by learning a whole lot more about Colorado's fantastic food scene. We'll be right back. Leader family, it's Little Rich. Everybody needs insurance, but do you have the insurance you need? When we opened Studio Kitchen Colorado, home of the Modern Eater, we had no idea what insurance we needed. We didn't even know where to begin. Times like that, I turned to the experts. Our insurance expert, Brian Brenning with the Ewing Levitt Agency. Brian makes the coverage discovery process easy and seamless. Here's what you can expect from Brian and the team at Ewing Levitt. The absolute safest coverage, fair, low rates, quick response time, and honest, straightforward service. I've been in business 40 years. I Trust Brian Brenning and Ewing Levitt Agency. He's not just an insurance expert. He's my friend. Make him your friend and expert, too, by calling the Ewing Levitt Agency today, 970-679-7374. For the best and most reliable insurance coverage, that's 970-679-7374. It's the Ewing Levitt Agency. 30 seconds till I read. Here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips. Served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we own 20 seconds till I read our oil. If you too want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper local, Colorado grown, cold. Ten, 10 seconds till I read fry or saute. Get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Sh- five seconds and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Okay. Back at the show in just a minute, and Angelos and Eric Hyatt. You're welcome. Right now, I want to talk to you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. This is where it's at. Uh, Jeff Rourke has been gone for a little bit with his wife. They went on vacation. They're back, and they're ready to go. Tabline Supreme. If you're installing tab lines or you need maintenance, it's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage And Solutions. any kind of beverage. He is. He's the authority, man. If you want to add a coffee line, a water line, uh, a nitro line, Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, a family man, 30 years in the business. If you have a question, give him a call. Um, I, truly, I, I want to ask the world, are you using Jeff Rourke? Because if you are, I know that the beer is tasting just like the brewers intended it to taste. Here's the number. This is how you can give them a call. 720-272-3809. 
One more time. I know I'm you need to get my pen and write it down. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke in A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of 4 by Brother Luck and Lucky Dumpling. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Okay, cool. Back at it. Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Eric Hyatt here with us. Angelo's Taverna. First of all, Taverna. Why the Taverna? Uh, you wanted to do, you know, we're looking for that tavern feel. Mm-hmm. And um, Taverna sounded Greek, and I just spent a lot of time looking online and, you know, looking at my, uh, Italian kind of sounding additions to it. We were adding the Oyster Bar when uh-huh. we reopened that in 2013. So we're looking up Oysteria and things that, you know, names that had something to do with that. And Taverna just popped and stuck. I'm I like it. I do, yeah. yeah. I like, like it Taverna. a lot. It's simple and, Yeah. Perfect. We're walking down memory lane, and then we're going to get into what is Angelo's today. Uh, Albert Lavio here with us, Angelo's brother. Wow, it's cool having you here with us. My mother, Patricia Peterson. All these guys kind of, they ran together, you know. This was their clique. They had some pretty cool things going on. I'll bet you stuff that you can't even repeat. Happened there, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's potentially in the basement. Yeah, it's the business. <laughs> it, you no, know, it's, Albert was the youngest one. He was just a pain in the neck. We tried to stay away from. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he used to try to stick needles in us and stuff. You know? They used to play music in the basement. They had a whole band set up out there. There yeah, was, was keyboard and past my time. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Hey, be I careful, mom. When you're saying that you're trying to stink, it, sticking needles in people means something different <laughs> these <laughs> days. Yeah. <laughs> It means something. <laughs> it's not pulling on your pigtails that. anymore, Patricia. It's, uh, <laughs> this was back in the 60s, you know. That was before yeah. that. Right <laughs> the oysters. The oysters. I just had a couple during the break, well, and I got to tell you, these are the baked? You're baked? Yeah, Very these good. are the char-grilled oysters. So we, uh, we do char-grilled oysters three, four ways there. We have three on the menu all the time. These are the originals. Um, it's uh, seasoned with it's butter with garlic, pecorino romano cheese, herbs and spices, and topped with some extra pecorino on top. It melts in there. They're so oh, good, bubbly and delicious. Well, and usually they taste fishy to me, so I don't like my oysters cooked. And I will no, tell you, there was close. none of that. Yeah, not even close. Doesn't there's no? There's, it's amazing. Yeah, I was really happy with them. I'm excited to try your fresh Butter's as beautiful. we continue to move on here. Yeah, These yeah. are, but you've got both, and one is more for like you said. This is the one we. Do use our char grill versus yep. these are the ones that we use fresh. Why is yeah. that? We always use the Goose Point oyster for the uh, for the cooked oysters. The meat holds up really well to cooking. Uh, we give it, it's a solid, uh, reliable size on the uh, on the oysters as well. You know, it's a living a living thing that it grows and and sometimes when they're harvested, they're not consistent in size. It's some different varieties. With the Goose Points, it's it, you can. You can rely on it day in, day out. Yeah, we'll day. actually spend a segment talking to Paul Koontz and, and uh, the Seattle Fish Company about these delicious yeah. oysters. But i got to ask you, why, you know, here it is. So you chose to keep the pizza yep. at Angelo's. No brainer on that. Is there pizza anything the else sausage. you kept? We kept the meatballs and the sausage recipe. Clyde's makes our sausage for us, and it's, their, it's Angelo's recipe sausage. They do all the grinding for us. We do it. We get link. We get, um, we get ground sausage for the pizza as well. Uh, so with that, the pizza dough, the red sauce, the Italian dressing is Angelo's recipe for the Italian dressing, and it's phenomenal. And people drive, I'm not kidding, hours for the ranch at Angelo's. It's really? Ranch dressing is phenomenal. Because you make it in-house, obviously. We make it in-house. And it yeah, so between us, is it, is it really all that? 
It's really freaking good. <laughs> it is. It's I, really good. Are you using a yogurt, a dry powder? What do you? What I makes it? it I, I mean, and I don't want to ruin your secret. Oh, obviously. I don't care. You do it all you want. It's uh, buttermilk is the buttermilk's is the, the key thing. Yeah, it's the key. key thing. Yeah, that's the key ingredient. It's a little more expensive, and some people don't use buttermilk wow. when they make dressings because of the cost factor mm. on it. And uh, it's funny when we were talking about the, we were just doing menu discussion uh, last week with our head chef Scott, who's working the window tonight. And um, we were talking about the ingredients that go into this, and, and he's, you know, we use buttermilk, and it's, like, it's five times more expensive than, than milk is, and, but it delivers a better product. It's not, I mean, hey, on uh, the belly. Jay Parker <laughs> here. You, you ready for my first statement? Yeah. If, uh, if you don't make your own dressings in your restaurant, I don't want to go to your restaurant. Okay. You know, so the, you don't eat it. The ranch that comes out of the jug, or what? You can tell. <laughs> you can tell right away. No, I don't. You can tell right away if the, if it's a good dressing, and that just says a lot about caring about the the, the small things. There's my two cents. So if you don't want Jay at your restaurant, that's you, right. You know what to do. Buy it in a bottle. But you know what I say it for all of us because, quite honestly, a scratch kitchen is the kind of kitchens that we want to support. Versus, you know, one of the things that just kills me is when I walk in any establishment. And the reality is, is they don't last long. And so I think that's part of what you see in the turnover in the restaurant business. But when you walk in somewhere and someone's taking wings or something out of a bag and pouring it into a fryer, right there, it's just, you know, and, and we've had lots of guests on the shows that talk about, you know, some of the most important things at any restaurant. What four four items, right? Four items will make any yeah. restaurant successful. Do you remember them? Yeah, pizza, taco, burger, and uh, what's the other? Wings. I thought it was, I thought it was wings, was wasn't it? Yeah, pizza, taco, know. burger, and wings. But I, I got this place up in Evergreen that's just terrible because they just it's the cheapest frozen patties. Everything comes right off of one of those distributors' trucks and either onto their fryer, and that's not food, and I always wonder how those people yeah. stay in business. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that if you're shopping at 7-Eleven, you know? I mean, there, there's a... There, no, seriously, seriously, though, but there's... A, so there's a, a, you know, a place for those foods. Sure. You know, yeah. we still need those yeah. foods for guys like me most right. of the time, but it's not at a... If you have a brick and mortar and you're not 7-Eleven, you gotta... Hey, I won't come if you don't make fresh ranch, but if you have a hot dog on that little spinny thing with some quesadillas, I'm in. <laughs> why, why oysters? Why'd you want to add oysters? So uh, oysters come two parts. So we, when we were talking about the, you know, about Angelo's yeah. and, and sticking with the menu and, and the kitchen, we were eating oysters down, uh, downtown, and we were paying four bucks a piece for them. And we're just like, oh, let's just get like six of them. And it would be so cool if they were less expensive. And we could buy a lot more and eat, eat a lot more oysters. Everywhere you went around town, it's four bucks for an oyster. And this is seven years ago. And so we took a trip in the summer before the, we were opened up, 2013. We went out to Tamales Bay in California, north of the bridge. And so we started working our way up. My partner, Craig, um, our architect, J- uh, Justin, was there and some friends. And we worked our way up and just went to every little oyster bar we found. There was four of them along the way. Hog Island's there. Um, there's... Uh, just like there's just up and down that bay in Tamales Bay, we stop and eating. Everyone's got char grilled oysters on the menu. They got barbecue. They got different flavors to it. The, uh, the one that we have, the uh, the gorgonzola with uh, with bacon, and then we do one with Breckenridge bourbon too. We we actually use Breckenridge Litch from Breckenridge bourbon. It's like you're cooking with my whiskey. I was like, yeah, <laughs> we are. It loves it. So we put that into the into the recipe for that char grilled. You oyster. love the business, don't you? I do. 
I you do. can see I the passion, I and I love it. Yeah. And so we were up and down, and we were eating oysters. That when we was like, we got to do this. Uh-huh. And it all started, too, when we went, uh, there was another oyster part of the uh, equation. We did a bachelor party down in New Orleans for a buddy of his, JJ. And he runs the, uh, here's a shout-out, and he, uh, he runs the, uh, a little pub that's over by, D, uh, by Regis University, uh, Rocky Tops Havard. So we go out for his uh, bachelor party, and we are in New Orleans, and we're at this, there's a festival, it's jazz playing, and we see this tent, and there's just tons of smoke coming out of the out of this tent. We got to see what's going on over there. And there's Drago's cooking up char grilled oysters in there, and we ate them. We just blew our minds how good they were. And that was the first time we ever had them. And we came back to Denver. No one was cooking char grilled oysters. There was not one on the menu. You can get like an oysters Rockefeller, but no one was doing it. And so we saw an opportunity. Craig had an idea of putting a grill on the front sidewalk and just handing people char-grilled oysters as they went by. And uh, luckily, we didn't have to do that. But we had a lot of fun with it when people were coming in the door. I love this they, And they love them. They eat them yeah. up. They, they're so good. I love this story. So good. It's 6.30 on 6.30 KHOW, an iHeart radio station, joined with us uh, Eric Hyatt from Angelo's. But so much more. We haven't even covered Logan Street. And I'd oh, be on yeah. 7th. And that's, we've, got, we've got a lot more time. We're going to do that, too. There's so much cool stuff. Um, Governor's Park. Remember Governor's Park, Mom? Sure. You it's know, not Governor's Park anymore. You know what it is? It's Carboy, isn't it? And it, Ivy Street. And, well, and Logan Street. Yeah. 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 Have you ever been down south, Patricia? I have not. They have an, a place down south that I will tell you what. I just sent someone there today. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize you, that you were on the show tonight. But I'll tell you, your South Place and what you're doing with Breckenridge Brewery down there. This is a cool spot, right? That is such a cool spot, Well, man. it's funny. It's so cool that uh, Albert, who should just have undying loyalty to the 6th Avenue, Angelo's, says uh, down South is my <laughs> Is your haunt? Is spot. that it? Oh, well, it's, I've seen concerts there. I, oh, it's, it's just a, a place. great place. We've eaten. You guys carry the um, cent- Corner Post Meats. Yeah. Down yeah. there. A big shout-out to Adrian yeah. and Dan at Corner Post. They're awesome. We do dinner with those guys. I don't know. We didn't do it this last summer, but we've done, like, two or three with yeah, them. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I actually went to one of your dinners yeah. and just Scott just phenomenal land. night. Yeah. yeah. Open pit fire cooking, hanging out with the pigs. Yeah. That's awesome. It was fun. Yeah. They're doing the right things, and yeah. we've got a lot of ground to cover. Let's break away. First of all, Albert, thank you so much. It was my pleasure, Greg. Oh, so my. good to see any, you any after leaving, all these years. Oh, well, listen, don't be a stranger, but any just last thoughts? I mean, you've got to be kind of warmed up by all of this, seeing this legacy. Move oh, I'm on. so happy that you guys are so successful there. And I love driving by there and saying, hey, Angelo is my brother. Honk happy next time. I <laughs> will. What car are you driving? How cool. I drive a little Honda. All right. I'll keep looking. I'll look for you. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> having me. Yeah, don't sure take the, the headset yeah. off. We'll break off. But hey, mom. Hey, mom. Mom, 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 mom. Okay. I was gonna, it's okay. <laughs> I'll break. I just wanted to tell you I love you and so much. It's amazing having you on this particular show because we've spent a lot of time at Angelo's. That back patio. How many birthday parties well, have we, we had, had back of, there? And I just want to mention that my big claim to fame to Angelo's is I helped him open it. In '74, oh, yeah, right. I was his cashier. He was afraid people were going to steal from him. So <laughs> little did he know, <laughs> they might be able to use you today. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> I like so the memory I have is that when you were first walked into the door of Angelo's, there was just a little takeout window right, right. to the kitchen. You'd see that takeout window; it's changed so much. That's where you see that bar now. What? Do you remember the oven in the window that yeah. faced out onto Sixth Avenue? Uh-huh. It was a Rotoflex oven with three or four tiers, and you could see the pizzas spinning around. 
from yeah. this from six out. I love yeah. it. History turns into the future, and that's yeah. what we're doing here tonight. Yeah. Eric Hyatt with us. We're going to cover some ground. We'll come back in a flash. Little Rich in the Little Rich Corner. Welcome back from Mexico. Uh, keep tuned in here with us on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Wait, that was a good one. That was a real good one. You know, we go to Angelo's a lot, Greg and Jay and I just have meetings about, about the modern eater. Well, look who I've got here. I've got Big Paul Kuntz, the big kahuna no, no. at Seattle Fish. No, let's don't go that far. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Man, so what all do you do down there, Big Kahuna? Well, I buy most of the, sea, the shellfish that we sell, and I also work as a salesperson. So I sell it to Angelo's, and I buy it for Angelo's. Man, you're, you're bringing it in and getting it out and all that stuff. Trying. And, and a little birdie told me you've been doing this for a couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> How long? 28 years. You know what? And it's, it's experience like that. That that's what makes a business run fantastic. Yeah, I, I think the continuity is is really important. So absolutely, those relationships with the suppliers and customers and all—it's everything. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's more than just spreadsheets. Yes, sir. It's it's the core of our business is our relationships, especially with our customers. Yeah, so. that community restaurant and bar with a menu focusing on vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and keto options. Comfort food lovers, try the best burger on planet Earth. I love it. Eight ounces of grass-fed beef and never, ever any hormones, antibiotics, or steroids. The goods is truly a cultural melting pot, a family restaurant open to all. Their bar program is amazing. Saddle up at their long, luxurious bar, have a nice craft beer or a cocktail. Like their Facebook page and stay up on amazing events and specials going on throughout the week. Located on East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore, across from East High School with Free parking in a garage in back. Look them up online, thegoodsrestaurant.com. I'll see you at The Goods. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com. All right, back to the show in just a second. Before we do that, I want to talk to you about Aspen Baking Company. Aspen Baking Company is baking bread fresh every single day, and it's hoagies, focaccias, ciabattas, baguettes, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, pound cakes. You name it, they bake it. They're also doing boxed lunches. So if you need to uh, cater your employees or just throw a party, they're doing boxed lunches with, boxed lunches with delicious Rome sausage in them. It's aspenbaking.com. Hashtag, how's your Aspen? That's right, Hollis and Cody Ann will take great care of you over at Aspen Baking. I'll say the website one more time, and then we're going to get back to the show here on The Modern Eater with Angelo's Taverna, Carboy Winery, Logan Street Restaurant, Ivy on 7th, and more. Make sure you check out AspenBaking.com. Hi, Michael Myers from Distillery 291. I'll say whatever you want me to say. (laughs) That'll get me in trouble. Ride it like you stole it, drink it like you own it. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Okay, back at it. This is cool. Eric Hyatt rejoins us. Hey, let me ask you, Greg. Does this seem like you're just a big family reunion tonight? <laughs> Doesn't it? I mean, I'm loving tonight. And first of all, uh, the Spice Guy just comes in. Here's, there's Zach Johnson, uh, our friend Matt. 
He's here. Happy birthday. Biker Jim Pittenger's here. Gigi's here. Gigi Youngblood, the family. And you're going to get Mark from Trabucha. There's so many. It's awesome. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm loving tonight, and the food is coming out. Eric Hyatt, actually, a, a lot of guests, and, and this isn't to downplay any of the other guests, but you're a really good guest. You've got great <laughs> stories. You've been cooking the whole time. Thanks. You've been multitasking. You can focus, which is weird. In a day and age, I, I do so many tasks at once. It's like, oh, there's a feather. Let me go get that. But you're so focused. And ask ask my wife so that well. same question. <laughs> she, had, she has a completely she different agreed. answer. For her. She would agree. She's like, he cannot multitask. You are not listening to me. <laughs> You're a very talented guy. When did you get into the business? Uh, I was 15 years old in New Jersey. Yeah. I worked for a, a restaurant called Chi-Chi's, Mexican restaurant. Funny thing about that. So Chi-Chi's had fajitas on their menu. But since it's Chi-Chi's, they call them chajitas. And so I worked there for two years. And so I'm talking to somebody. And we're like, Chi-Chi's oh, chajitas. Yeah. Huh? And right. they said, let's go get some fajitas. I go, what? And they said, fajitas. And I said, they're called chajitas. And they're like, no, it's, it's fajitas. And they're like, I work at a Mexican restaurant. I know what it's called. Yeah. All these years, I thought fajitas were called chajitas. <laughs> yes, that's gold. I was a host and then a busboy and then a server. The whole, your whole life. Yeah, and then I worked my way up. Um, I had to pay for a lawyer. I uh, ran into some trouble back in 93, so I got, worked in the kitchen during those times. So I had a little bit of, a little bit of fun and uh, worked pretty much every position in the restaurant. Now, Jay... Jay, he's a lifetime guy too, right? How, long, how, many, how long in the business, Jay? Uh, Fifteen to forty-three, whatever that is. <laughs> Fifteen <laughs> on to average. 40. Yeah, I mean it's it's like uh, I, I'm not good in math, but I can cook some eggs. That's right. It'd be twenty-eight years, so, but we we're no one's counting. Yeah. No here, here in Eric Hyatt, right, and his stories. Jay's yeah. always trying to convince folks that have been in the business a long time that you really don't like your customers. <laughs> well, now, for, for, first of all, Eric, let, let don't just jump on board with that's what I'm trying to do. What I like to have a conversation about sometimes with restaurant owners or managers or somebody that can share in my 28-year-old pain. And, and, and th- that being said, I've never owned my own place. And so I'm sure that it, I would think a little bit differently. Not, I, I really don't think too much. But I think a little bit different if I own the joint. You know, however, I, you know, problems with guests uh-huh. from time to time. And we all have stories of somebody freaking out and trying to kill you with an oyster shell or what, whatever the case may be. So when we do these interviews, I just kind of like to say, hey, listen... Give us uh, one story of a guy freaking out because the pepperoni was too crispy, and even though he asked for it crispy, you brought it out crispy, but it's too crispy. Eric, have you had to drag anybody out by their ear over there at Angelo's? We have. Uh, Really? Oh, yeah. DJ, I love this. Jay's like, of course they have, man. Uh, we, we had a we had a situation. I don't know if I could talk about it for legality reasons, <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah, we we had to drag a couple people out of there. They get a little bit unruly, um, but uh, for the most part, being a neighborhood spot um, in general, we see yeah. a lot of people ma- you know maintaining status quo. Um, industry people come over there. Industry people do. The nice thing about Angelo's is if you're in the industry and you just say you're in in the industry, you get 25 percent off your bill. Oh, wow! Yeah, awesome. not booze, man. You can pay off, but happy hour prices too. So anything. Oh, Jay, you, you yeah. would hate that. You come in for dinner, you would hate that. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, pay stub, bro, and it better not say Walgreens. That doesn't yeah, count. I don't care about it. Hey, Jay, stuff. what's the restaurant you want to own if you won the lottery? Oh, I'm gonna call it Lotto Bar. Lotto Bar. Yeah, Lotto Bar. I'm going to open it with the express intent of running it out of business. And and the way I'm going to at least plan on doing it is uh, basically I will not only encourage and advocate for my servers and bartenders to take their filters out, 
uh, for guests. And the, the, the security will be high. You know, I'll have a lot of uh, uh, door guys to do it. But, you know, that's if, if I win the jackpot. Not because I want to be able to put 100 grand into a place to throw it away. Looks That's like my dream. Just sick and wrong. Yeah, like he doesn't know what. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> little thousand square foot place. in Aurora. No, listen. I'm not saying like from. I'm trying to build a place from the ground up for 100 grand. It's you take over a place that's already failing, right? So you can get in for cheap, and I'll put 100 grand into some bells and whistles, and then I'll just nosedive it by telling the bartenders and servers, "Hey, listen. If somebody has an if somebody has an allergy and they're asking you 20." questions, you tell them what's on your mind. You tell them exactly what's on your mind and you watch them walk out the door and, and if I'm lucky, okay in three months yeah. the doors close and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. But he's right though and you own the place, you think a lot differently. I was a bartender, a career bartender for years and uh, I had a lot of things I wanted to say to people. Just, you know, that three feet of wood over between the space of us, it felt you thought you could do those things but when you own a place it takes on a whole different, yeah, different perspective yeah it takes on a different perspective yeah. well don't don't you see that jay and i actually had a conversation and we had it from that owner employee perspective yeah. because as an owner i feel like oh you're the bartender it's your job to fill the bar that's your job. That's why I'm hiring you to bring all your friends down here so your friends tell your friends. Oh, Jay did and not Jay like did not like that because he's like, no, 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 no. My job is just to pour drinks. Well, and first, I, you first, know, and first so, of all, let's just back up to a statement that you just said. And you said, I'm hiring you to bring in all your friends, and I'm hiring you to pack this place. That's not what you're hiring me for, in my opinion. Now, listen, that's uh, some bells and whistles that may come with a great employee or my personality that likes to do that, right? But there are companies for marketing. There are companies. That's, that's an owner that, that is trying to cut some corners in the way of marketing. And not to say that it's a bad idea. If I owned the place, I'd say the same thing. I mean, that, that, that's where I'm – That's where – Yeah. All right. All right. Hold on. All right. I derailed that myself, so I'll take full responsibility. But, Eric, working with people. People, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? When you are yeah. the boss, you're working yeah. with people and all the different folks that you, you know, little nuances. And I don't feel well today. And you're like, really? Are you, you know, is it one of those uh, you had a little too much to drink last night type yeah. of thing? Working with folks, what's that been like? So, you know, in the beginning, and you asked my partner, Craig, you know, and he started giving me, loosening up the reins and letting me kind of take things over. I would call him everything. I'm like, hey, this so-and-so is, is sick. And like, what am I going to do? I'm going to be down to, down a server. He's like, figure it out, man. Yeah. Call someone in. Yeah. Like, well, they're, they're day off. I don't want to call them in on the day off. I was so tepid. Like, I was afraid to do anything of, you know. I was never well, because nervous. you were the bartender guy that yeah. got the call, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. come fill in and and so when I when I took over Angelo's and started uh, you know and working with my partner Craig on it, our goal was to build a really good team. And I found that if I took care of my employees first and foremost, and I always have my employees back if something happens that and they're and they're this is how this is really what happened. I got their back on this, and I take care of my employees. They'll take care of us, and it works out really well. That's the neighborhood vibe that we get at, at Angelo's because, first and foremost, I need to take care of my staff. We do a trip every year, too. We take uh, anyone who's worked at the restaurant for a year and is full-time, three days or more, 
We take them on a trip. We go to California, go to wine country. Nice. We've been, uh, we've been to up in Seattle and Oregon. We just did Texas this year. Well, well that's I, a big thing to build culture. I just yeah. want to throw something out about how awesome that is and how rare that is uh, that, that Eric and the company does that. Because I've worked at a few different places in my life, but I've known a million people that have worked at a million they different bars. They take you to Dave Buster's, <laughs> and, though, don't and, they? And, uh, <laughs> no. Not only do they take you to Dave and Buster's, they, they cut your discount from 50% off food to 25% uh, off food. Oh, yeah, that happened That's, recently. Yeah, did, and, and listen, I, I mean, I, I, you know, all jokes aside, I don't really care about that. But I'm saying, like, him actually, somebody yeah. that's, put, that's put in a year investment to, like, and to throw a little bit back. I mean, anything. A $20 bill one day that goes, you worked here a year, here's a 20 spot, let alone taking them on a, on a vacation. It's, it's uh, uh, admirable, and it's awesome, and it's incredible. And, and that's what feeds a, a great uh, staff is people that are happy. Well, I, think about that mentality, though. Jay, that's you've got. I want to <laughs> no, run mine. Down. We got to get you to a place of where your talent, if people want you at that. Like, let's break away. Right. Uh, we've been talking a lot of. I want to get to Logan Street and Ivy on Seven. All right. Let's do right. that in the next segment, and then at seven o'clock we'll do oysters, and then from seven fifteen to the end of the show we'll talk wine. Let's talk wine. Delicious. All right. We got some exciting stuff to talk about. This here. is good yes. stuff. Okay. Uh, still a ton of ground to cover. I'm loving Eric Hyatt here with us tonight. And uh, Little Rich is in the Little Rich Corner with Gigi Youngblood. Gigi brightens up a room all the time. I think there's a little dinner coming up. It's on Monday. A lot of people are going. I hope you're going, too. We'll see you there. Little Rich will talk about it right now on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Woo, we're over here in the corner. And, you know, I've got someone with me. You know, when you, you talk about people, you've got that, that are known, people that are known with one name. You've got, like, Elton, Cher, Madonna, Gigi. Is that with Colorado Community? You just need to say Gigi and everyone knows who it is. Thanks for Thank coming. It looks Thank like you're you having a horrible time. Us. Terrible. <laughs> Angelo Scarboy, it's amazing in here tonight. Oh and my just gosh. all the guests. Amazing, amazing as always. I know, I know. So what is coming up, Gigi? I hear you've got uh, some Monday to night, you better have your tickets already because we have ACF Colorado is having their amazing gala coming up. Beautiful food, helping out all of the culinary apprentices, yep. and it's just a great program, and it's a great evening, and you're going to be sitting with Rich, you're going to be sitting Sorry. with the guys, I mean, just everybody that you can possibly want to be with in town is going to be there. So come, support the cause, it's amazing food, and it's a great time. I think there's just like a handful of tickets left. Might buy. Uh, but if you want to buy some, where would, you, where would we go? ACFColoradoChefs.org. Oh, that's awesome. I know. It's like Vanna White of food. <laughs> hey, we're going to be right back. We've got some words coming up. Do me a favor. Stay here with your friends at The Modern Eater. We will make you better. We'll be back. Alitas tortillas and the modern eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more in ArdentMills.com. Taxes, payroll, and workman's comp. Ugh. If you're a business owner, I bet hearing me say those 
dirty words made you cringe. Hi, I'm Rebecca Berry with Fourth, and I know growing and managing a business can seem overwhelming and just daunting at times. But at Fourth, we've got you covered. Fourth knows you want to take your business to the next level. Fourth was designed to be the partner you need and will allow you to free up your time and resources to do what you do best, grow and manage your business. Call me. Let's talk about how I can help. 720-436-8047. That's 720-436-8047. Rebecca with Fourth. Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pitmasters, Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal grills and smokers. Award-winning pitmasters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Whose cuisine reigns supreme? You're listening to the Modern Eater Show. The ultimate gourmet challenge. And it's time for In the Kitchen. Okay, welcome back to the show. Brian's in the zone. Eric Hyatt, I think, is feeling it right now. Just kind of in the, in the crease. Oh, we're all fit. we got good food and booze. I, I mean, we've got great pizza and Are wine. Are you going to call I this mean, delicious wine booze? What is it going to sure. be? Well, I mean, I, listen, I had a guy from, um, he was the head of the distilling, um, national distilling what a, organization, guild, distilling yeah. guild. Smiley? He, no, no, no. It, it was, you know, the head, Honcho, we were down. He reprimanded me for calling whiskey booze. Yeah, we were, yeah, I remember that. Do you remember that? What we, should you call it? Hooch? We were down at the no, Hyatt, we were down at the Hyatt, right? Whiskey. Yeah. 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 We were down oh, yeah. At the I I didn't really understand it, but he 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 made it a point. Don't do not. That's call when you steal booze. the movie line from Ghostbusters and you go lighten up, Francis. That's right. <laughs> uh, I think that would be stripes there, Mr. Ghostbuster, but oh, uh, good call. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Who's who's watching details like that? <laughs> Let's <laughs> Googling hey, Eric, Ghostbusters. Angelo's, uh, but Logan Street also. Are you yeah. involved with Logan Street? I am, yeah. Uh, so Craig, my partner, and I, we've um, we partnered up with, a, with some very talented people. So in addition to Chef Scott Hibbeneth, who's behind the menu at Angelo's and Carboy Winery, and he's you know, working over there right now in the window, we, um, we brought on Maggie O'Malley and then Chef Rebecca Weitzman. Ooh, nice. Chef Rebecca is uh, one of the uh, Colorado Five this year. Yep, she's good. Yeah, she's good. She's I'm excited amazing. to work with her this year. Amazing. We went out to see her uh, two years ago in the summer. Scott is good friends with Rebecca, so he said, you, you should check her out. She's thinking about coming back to Denver, and we knew we were opening up another location for Carboy Winery in Denver with a different food concept from Angelo's. Mm-hmm. Angelo's worked really well in Littleton, but we're too close to Angelo's in Denver, so we want to do a different concept. Yeah, way too close. Way too close. So we, went, we flew out to New York, and she was working Crystal, Crystal Lakes, I think, Estates. It was a, um, where they do these huge... Like weddings, right? Weddings. It's a Ben Center. Yep, I'm pretty center. sure I know yeah. that. Yep. Yeah, if you don't have 150 grand, you can't get booked the place. Yeah. And she was cooking gourmet meals for 150, 250 people. We went out to the event. She did a, a tasting in the garden. 
big old table set up and all around the herbs and spices and things she uses to cook with and, and season with. And we had an amazing meal. I had coffee with her the next morning and and it was it was done. We knew that she was the right gal for us. Nice. We we hit on all eight cylinders. Just the communication, the banter, the joking, just getting each other. And the most important thing was we were able to communicate together. That was awesome. That's important. Yeah. Yeah, Express what we wanted. I, I love that you guys went out so far to find something like that. Oh, yeah. That was, That's cool. that was a fun trip, too. And I love her food. <laughs> um, I mean, truly great yeah. food. So here it is, and we'll get you all squared I away. I keep there. messing up with it's this all thing. all right. We're eating yeah. and drinking, and the, the Michaels so fall down. I did bring some food from, um, from her at Logan Street and from Ivy on 7th. So we opened up Ivy on 7th. It was her first chance to do breakfast. I'm going to bring these over to the front here. I don't know if the camera's yes, getting Yes, they there. can. These are gluten-free pancakes. I don't know where you're going to get gluten-free pancakes in Denver unless you go to Ivy on 7th. It's in the old Lala's uh, building. Okay, so you're saying I take my fork out? Please do. Try yeah. it out. Please do. Well, you're, you're gluten-free these days. I I've it. been eating gluten-free lately. Yeah, yep. I so. them an hour ago. And they don't look <laughs> sad and miserable. Those look like fluffy, oh, yeah. good, delicious full-on gluten. They are phenomenal yeah. pancakes. Yeah. Wow. They're fluffy, which is right off the look bat one of the things. Thing I know. Is. Look at that. And I cooked it. <laughs> you did, did great. First of all, you Thanks, command. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> chef, I mean, no Chef Scott. Wish you, were here. you commanded the kitchen wow. tonight. Well, great thanks, job. Yeah, job. I got to tell you, though, that's really good. Good stuff. Wish yeah. Scott was here, um, but he's not. Eric, you're doing a great job just doing it all, cooking and talking and so on yeah. and so forth. Uh, you got a lot of your family and friends behind us here. I can't wait to dig oh, in yeah, with the, these the folks. The carboy crew back there rocking us up with some barrel tasting. But Logan Street, there you go into another location with a ton of history, but this time you decided to remove yourself from all of the past history name. I was even surprised it's not Logan Street at Governor's Park or yeah. some variation. We, Can we, we talk did, about that? We left the sign up, that Governor's Park sign up. Um, we're hoping to uh, be able to, re just like we did with Angela's, reuse that sign, but we wanted to keep the history of Governor's Park there. We knew going into that space what that meant to the neighborhood and what it meant to Denver. And that space has been so many things. It was a dairy barn. There, there is a barn in the back where we're uh, working on that right now where we're going to be making our sparkling wine in Denver. So we're going to be doing our, the first big production sparkling in Colorado. And so that's going to be happening. It used to be a barn that, where they kept the cows. Unbelievable. Yeah. Did you have a hard time rehabbing that joint? Uh, no, we didn't. We well, I wanted to actually ask that. And, and we, sorry about uh, that. Sorry, no, sorry. no, it's good because I like the question. We walked past there quite a few times and looked in and go, wow, this is a project. It was. And so we just demolished the, the entire thing. Yeah. Entire, yeah. yeah. We kept the walls and kept that beautiful barrel barrel roof and all the trusses that are in there. We had an amazing architect, Justin Freeze, who did all the drawings, and we worked, Maggie and myself worked side by side with him for months, going back and forth. We changed the design of that place probably four or five times, and, um, and we wanted to keep some of the architectural elements of it, but we went down to the dirt. We, went, we dropped that whole place down about five feet, and we had to re-pour a whole new floor, all new plumbing, everything was brand new. What was the turnaround time? Uh, five months. We got in there in February, so we opened it up in September. What's the math on that? I guess it's six, six, six months. months. Six months. Well, that's that's amazing because I'll tell you that's this concept of, you know, there's some there are icon places in town, but you walk in and you leave and yeah. you smell like them. Um, and oh, it's yeah. one of the things. And, <laughs> and, you know, and so, like, Cherry Creek Grill is one of those places I never like to go anymore. The wood. Because, yeah, you, you walk out, you smell like you've been in the smoke the whole night. Yeah. Your clothes reek. And so it's one of those things. And then there's some old dive bars that I love. 
but they still like we haven't smoked in bars in five ten years and you still you walk in it smells like smoke governor's park to me was one of those places where one too many beers had been spilled there um over the years we got a lot of that That too interesting yeah a lot of people talked about that they're like man that it it really needed to to be rehauled or up but we were amazed when we got in there and started pulling stuff out it was they did a great job of keeping that place clean. Have you had a full patio really? season yet? We did have a quarter of a patio season, yeah. so we are really excited to get the patio open up front. And then we have, we're working on the courtyard. Two minutes. Too. It's going to be attached to that bubble barn. But there's a lot of history there. You know there's a, that palm tree that used to be in yeah, Gov's Park? Sold. Yeah, yeah. Our, well, our we donated it. So the story you? on that, we, I called the Botanic Gardens. They said, not interested. We already have no a Robolini, Cobolini palm uh, in the in their garden, so they weren't interested. I'm like, this is a piece of history here. Oh, it bit their years. Coors, I mean. the Coors family gave him that palm tree. Oh, it, wow. And when Coors gave it to him, it was like 30 years old. So the thing has got to be 70, 70 years old. It's, like, got it's a been home. almost four years. And it does. And it's at, uh, here, a shout out to my buddy Kevin. It's at the uh, Bang Up to the Elephant, which is on 13th and Pennsylvania, I think. I watched the nine news piece on that back when it was yeah. happening, and it's sitting in there, and the guys in there like, "Wow, I can't wait to have this." I'm like, "Wow, how are you going to move that?" And thing? they did. They did it in January. I thought that thing was going to not survive, but she's still alive and and kicking. So the palm is still going. This We've got great. an hour to go. You one know minute. these folks better than I do. So in yeah. about 35 seconds, one minute. What can we expect in this next hour? What we'll hear um, we'll you're going to expect? Uh, there's there's some uh, really uh, a big strong love and passion for wine. But first and foremost, it's all about fun. And uh, one of the things I love about Carboy Winery is we make really good wine, but we strip away that pretentiousness of it, and we have a good time with it. So we, people are saying Angelo's and Logan Street and Ivy on 7th. And then how does Carboy fit into all of this? So Carboy, when we started Carboy in 2016, um, in an effort to bring... So Craig was part of a wine club uh, in Toby Lane. It was in Alexander Valley, California. Part of their wine club, good friends with the family. And we were selling their wine in Denver, and it wasn't moving, and he wanted to sell more wine. So uh, the, the Vintner's License. Oh, that story right there. Right. Vintner's License. That's fantastic. That's what you're going to hear in the second hour right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. We'll continue. Eric Hyatt and the crew right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hey, look who I got over here. I got Tyza. <laughs> this is the guy that, that creates the magic that is Carboy. We try, we try. We try. I'm, I'm the winemaker, and I have a great team behind me in the cellar that uh, we're, we're trying to put out some great Colorado wines. Oh, Certainly, you're doing a great job. Certainly. So, tell me, how, let's ask. A, I'm going to ask a question about Carboy. How long has Carboy been making wines? Uh, so this previous uh, vintage that just wrapped, uh, 2019, was our third vintage uh, utilizing Colorado fruit. Wow! Nice, nice. And how many different wines? Uh, what a, a multitude of uh, wines, white and red varieties, probably about 14 different varieties. You have on the white side, uh, Viognier, Albarino, um, Pinot Gris, uh, to name a couple. And then on the red side, Malbec, Cab Franc, a couple cold hardy varieties as well thrown in there. Yep. Wow. So uh, here's another question. So you've been making wine for how many years again? Uh, 15, 15 years now. Yeah. I and you've do been the with Carboy? Three. Three. Awesome, awesome. Three. Where, uh, where are you sourcing a lot of your, your, your grapes? Uh, so due west uh, from Denver, about three and a half, four hours, depending upon how heavy your right foot is. <laughs> uh, but Palisade, primarily. Grand Valley. Oh, yep. Great. 
part of the state. Oh, beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful drive. Especially through, yeah. Now, I've, I've heard people making tortillas with your wine. Is that, is that uh, Yes, I've had some delicious uh, tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of fun for, for years. Oh, yeah. And so what, what do you think is your favorite wine that, you, that you're making? I, this season has shaped up to, uh, to be one of, uh, there's a couple favorites I have uh, in queue, we'll say. Oh, okay, uh, But Teraldigo okay. is, is a showing some promise in uh, the Grand Valley. Uh, Toronto goes a red grape, and we'll, we'll, we'll taste that a little bit later. Nice, nice. Yeah, because yeah, we're going to have you up on the table. They'll yeah. be talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Now, here's a question. What would you say is your secret sauce? What is it that inspires you to make some fantastic wines? Uh, in all honesty, I, I love food. I love cuisine, and so I like to drink uh, wines that, that pair elegantly with, with food, and that's the, the goal with uh, the carboy wines. Uh, we have a, a, a very good restaurants, and we like to provide them with uh, uh, food-friendly wines. Your restaurants are being are incredible. Yes. You know, yes. one of the things I was talking to Chef about earlier, you've got a balsamic glazed rib that when I'm eating that, I'm like, God, this is one of my three favorite foods in the whole world. And, and when I am eating it, I can't even think of what the other two are. They're, they're, I had that for lunch yesterday. <laughs> they're, they're addictive. They're that, quite addictive. That is incredible. So your secret sauce is wanting to, in, to enhance the experience of the diner with that little splash of, of, of wine. Correct. So the, the goal is uh, to retain the fruit and um, lively acidity in, in, in most of the wines we, we produce so that they mesh well and pair well with, with cuisine. Now, how about the distribution? So I imagine your wines are available for other restaurants. Uh, yeah, no, certainly. Uh, Kevin uh, Weber is our primary point of contact, and uh, he can be reached via email. And, and how do we get a hold of Kevin? Uh, Kevin at carboywinery.com. Kevin at carboywinery.com. Correct. Com. Well, Correct. I, I, I mean, I, I got to tell you, try their wines. Go to e either of the restaurants. Try some of the different varietals. And we have three tasting rooms as well. Littles in Breckenridge and uh, Denver now. Oh, that Breckenridge store is incredible. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful build out. If, if people knew the story, you know, it's funny. You go there and eat. You see a beautiful home right on or the, the the restaurant right on Main Street, mm -hmm. but the history oh. and all that's in that. There's an incredible story in that in the yeah, building. The, yeah, the Gold Pen Saloon is uh, attached adjacent and in one of the oldest uh, standing liquor licenses west of the Mississippi. Certainly, yeah. And that was wasn't it? It had something to do with the military. Uh, what was that that's a great storing? that's a great question. I'm not I'm not privy to the, the complete it, history of the Goldman Saloon. It something to do with that. And then even the basement. The elevator alone just to get the forklift down and up. Yes. Uh, the, the amount of man hours that went into renovating the basement to make it uh, micro winery worthy was, was, uh, was a lot of work put in. A lot of, it's a lot of work. beautiful. I yeah. mean, that's worth driving up there just for that. Oh, truly, certainly. Truly it certainly. is. Yeah. And, and uh, the history of Goldman Saloon oh, itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. So we talked a little bit about the past of Carboy and a little bit about where we are today. What do you anticipate? What do you see coming up in the future for Carboy? Uh, we're, we're just trying to uh, elevate the, the region itself. And uh, there's, there's a lot of exciting new producers uh, joining the scene. And, and we're, we're teaming up with uh, distillers and, 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 and making some unique products as well. And, and it's, it's, it's really fun to work with the growers that are so passionate and, and, yeah. and making, you know, the quality is increasing with each season, seemingly. You know, it's been awesome watching the growth. Uh, a lot of the times, the, the store I go to, because I want to go see Chef Scotty. Yep. And so I go out south, 
and watching the growth of that location—it's—it's a little—it's a little, uh, it's a little <laughs> overwhelming sometimes. It's hard. To I, find I didn't—I didn't, I didn't expect that we'd be growing this uh, rapidly so quickly. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you what—I mean, it's hard to find parking, but the speed of your success there truly is a testament to the experience there. Oh, no, certainly. The dining, the wine, the views, everything. It's it's a beautiful spot. We're excited. Spot. We're excited. Well, hey, you're going to learn a whole lot more. And when we come back, we'll be back in just a little bit. Um, stay tuned. Stay here with your friends at the Modern Eater. We're going to make you better. We'll be right back. Cheers. Three four one six three two four zero again three zero three four one six three two four zero or check them out along with their many glowing patient reviews at aspenwooddental.com. That's aspenwooddental.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than two hundred thousand miles, with an auto warranty about to expire, or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, Protect My Car is announcing a low-cost extended service plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for. Auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-806-1586 now. Drivers who are covered by Protect My Car will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free car rental at no additional cost. Call Protect My Car for your free quick quote today. 800-806-1586. 800-806-1586. What do you have to lose? Again, 800-806-1586. Denver's Talk Station. Available everywhere with the iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. 630-K-HOW. An iHeartRadio station. The following is a paid advertisement. The opinions, viewpoints, and promises made during the following program are not those of KHOW, its staff, management, or parent company, iHeartMedia Incorporated. It's time for the second course, hour number two of the Modern Eater. What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. Hi. Whoop it up, guys. There it is. Believe it or not. Yeah, let's whoop it up there. (laughs) This is fun. (laughs) I know. I didn't say tone it down. Just keep it clean. Let's have some fun. Every every guy. Second hour, we're off the the cuff. I love it. Carboy coming in right now. Um, Greg Hollenbach, Brian Freeman. The guys are all lined up here. We'll just go down the line. Eric Weber, how are you? Kevin Weber. Is it Kevin? Kevin. I grew up with an Eric Weber. Hey, he's a nice guy. He wasn't related, but he could have been. <laughs> no, I don't think he was related. <laughs> so, number one, Kevin, in your spot. Uh, I'm a director of sales. Nice. Okay. So, you see how much movement's really going on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, we started, Tyzak and I started this with Craig back from the beginning. Oh, and man. my role's kind of changed over the years, but it's always been focused on how much we can sell. This is going to be a cool hour. Yeah. I'm glad you guys it's are joining us here. Uh, Kevin Weber here with us as well. I was chesting you there. <laughs> <laughs> Tyzok, I think we've met Tyzok. Where did we meet? We have. Uh, I've actually been a guest on the show, uh, I think, two seasons ago. We me- were in Brink, wasn't two, it? Two uh, vintages for me. Yeah. Two vintages. Two vintages ago. Well, yeah. Was it in Breckenridge? No, it was here. you it were was set here. up on this corner, yeah. so it was in this facility. You've yeah, been certainly. in here before. I have, yeah. And Jason, good to see you, too. They call you, you too, Snap. Brother. Yeah, yeah. 
I love how you're you're all snappy tonight. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Got to class it up. It's a classy show. Oh, is it? I don't yeah. know. We'll figure this out. <laughs> some of us, you know, I mean, some of us are classy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it down later. You know, wine. Let's dig into some wine. And carboy. First of all, carboy. What is a carboy? Carboy is a vessel. So back in the day, this well, this is the modern version. But back in the day. You know, you had demijohns or carboys. They were large vessels for storing or, or fermenting or aging, depending on where you were. They used them everywhere from Eastern Europe to Italy to uh, Mexico for tequila. So. They did, so we have been to your Breckenridge spot. And what is that, Gold Pan? What is it? Gold Pan, Gold Pan Yeah, right Gold next Pan door. And saw the basement there. There's a carboy that's being used in that yeah. place, isn't there? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then now you have the Littleton location and then the Logan Street. This is just getting big, guys. Bigger than you probably bargained for. Uh, It's not what I uh, had expected, this breakneck speed uh, type of growth. (laughs) But I got to tell you, you got to be happy about that, right, guys? Oh, certainly. Yeah, certainly. It's exciting. It's uh, third location in in three years. Fastest uh, growing winery in Colorado. (laughs) Well, we see a lot of people in your space on the show, and for a lot, it's a slow, long grind. I will tell you that. And so it's exciting to see what you're doing because you are coming up in the ranks, like you said, at, at hypersonic speed. And that's great. And I think realistically, it's because of the wine that you guys are producing. Because I'll tell you, I've, I've drank a lot of Colorado wine. You have something that's mature, something that's really worthy versus something that's – you guys have fun, and I see but, that. But let's not get twisted because you say Colorado wine. Not all your grapes are from Colorado. That might be the reason why you have well, yeah, but we, we, better we wine. A, we pivoted our – our uh, business model a couple of years ago, and, and we came out the gate working with a lot of out-of-state out of product, and, and we really, Tyzok and myself both really wanted to establish a foothold Serious? in the ground That's in Grand great. Valley and really prove that Colorado is capable of, of not only growing world-class grapes but producing world-class wine, and I think we're doing that. It's cool. We, we were just uh, with Josh Nuremberg there, and, and in the same region, we were looking at some of the wineries and some of the grapes. But, we, I mean, you talk about the climate that we live in here. I mean, crops can be wiped out in an yeah. instant from that, though, you know, the, what do they call well, the, white, ta- the white combine, the yeah, hail the comes hail through. And we're on the, the frost. Freeze. We just saw the freeze, yeah. And so working with Colorado um, grapes is an interesting proposition because, obviously, there are grapes from all around the world, and California can probably cover you as well yeah because, because we're in the u.s we get lumped into california washington and oregon often you know great great growing regions of the world but you know here in the western slope it uh tends to be a higher elevation much crazier climate the hail the birds you know all that stuff so we're uh, much more like argentina than we are california washington oregon at all are yeah. any partnerships that you can talk about that you're getting grapes from we work with some phenomenal uh, growers out in, uh, in the Western Slope, uh, Kaibab Sauvage, uh, Bruce Talbot, uh, Reiner, whose na- last name uh, escapes me, Poppy Woody, uh, some, some really passionate growers that are uh, trying to elevate the entire region, and, and the quality seems to be uh, on the uptick. Uh, I've only been here in three vintages, uh, but from what I've seen yeah. and had the opportunity to work with, it's been uh, it's exciting. Quite exciting. They're, they're really good partner growers. You know, they're responsive. They listen to what our needs are, and, and uh, they, they come they come to the table with it. So, well, I, I'll piggyback on what Greg talked to, to a little bit is this concept of the fact that you might not be using all your grapes are coming out of Cal- Colorado, but in, but in my opinion, what you are is you are a Colorado business 
that does do as much as you can for the Western Slope. And, but you're not, listen, because what we've talked about with a lot of the Western Slope cars is you're going to get stuck into one varietal of wine or one, one type style of wine if you are only using the Western Slope. And you're not going to be known for that. And what you have to do is, is pull out your big guns, in my opinion, and do something that highlights what you're doing in Colorado as well in California. Because you've got to create a name for yourself, right? It's a, it's a little bit more about not pigeonhole the guest in the Colorado wine or a carboy wine. You know, it's, if we have those other, uh, other regions, California, Washington, and Oregon, they have a choice. You know, we, we really love Colorado, and, and we love what's happening here. <clears throat> in the varietals, there's plenty of varietals out there to be had. You know, it's, it's just a matter of uh, the guest that's walking through the, the, the door, making sure that we have something to please everybody. Who's sourcing the grapes? It's a collective yeah, effort. We, all do. Uh, we, we, we certainly have a panel each year, and we sit down and uh, try to figure out what's working in the market and what's not, and what uh, keeps me excited and involved. Yeah. Uh, for instance, like we, you know, we have yeah. some, some new <laughs> varieties we picked up this season, uh, Teraldigo in your glass there, and I, think, I believe you're, you're tasting the uh, Carbonic Mouved. Yeah. I know, Carbonic Masturbation. <laughs> Maceration. Carbonic maceration, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say maceration. That was a little bit did of a I slip that? there. That's, that's about not, you didn't go all the way. I don't think you put the right B in there. I didn't but, do uh, that, did I? Hey, from a sales standpoint, that would be a really catchy name we could go with. You know? <laughs> wow, the room. I should do more of that. Yeah. We, we should call it a blush wine, though, really, because that's what it's causing right now. Yeah. Even you're blushing. Yeah. Hey, uh, I missed it. What did, what did he say? So, car- I, I mean, I, carbonic... I took- Carbonic maceration is a form I think of I fermentation. Said <laughs> oh, it was close. It was close. Oh, carbonic maceration. That's yeah. the real way to say it? Yes. Because I don't understand either one, so never mind. So, so carbonic maceration uh, is, is essentially uh, a fermentation technique that is uh, deployed in uh, Beaujolais, for instance, that creates that kind of bubble gum characteristic, bright red fruit. And so, uh, as you said, we, we, we struggle with cold temperature swing sometimes and there was a frost this last season and the Movedra did not ripen uh, appropriately and so we had to experiment and uh, we, we did uh, a little uh, experimental wine and so we harvested the, the grapes and whole cluster threw them into a fermentation vessel sealed up that vessel injected co2 and that creates what you said carbonic fermentation or maceration which is an intraberry intracellular uh, fermentation inside the grape. Can you dig? I, I can. We Did got one minute, but we got to go to wait, break. No, but I mean, hey, I want to know what is what's he's excited about. What's in a barrel that no one knows about? You're, you're drinking. I'm it. drinking it right here. I got <laughs> love that. Off. I, there's so much, and then I want to either um, solidify or dispel a few things. Brian, do you really know the difference between a varietal and a variety? Do you really know? No, I'll say no. Okay. I'll say no. I, I mean, I think I do because I think yeah. in the in the produce world, I think yeah. I could I could give you that, but yeah, I, I don't know from a wine. I'm not a psalm. I haven't done like, that kind of. We're good level. at spirits, right? Yep. We're good at beer and produce, right? <laughs> wine is one of these very elusive. Like Tizoc could talk to us, and, and it's like you'll just nod, right? Yeah. Oh, that. I mean, that you could say something that, <laughs> and, and you probably get a lot of that, right? Wine is so elusive because, first of all, pricing. What? Where are you coming up with these numbers? Sure. Uh, we uh, use a dartboard. <laughs> do you? Do you? I want to get into dart. some esoteric type of stuff that I think will be I'd fun. I'd love it at the but, next segment. Yeah, well, not the next segment. Next segment, we're going to talk about these delicious uh, varieties. 
Okay. Varieties. And uh, is right. Okay. As because the grape would be the varietal well, I'm, of I'm the grape. I'm with you, I know uh, where you're going with this. I'm and, Greg. I, and I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> but we can call him Jay. I call him Linda. I know. Hey, okay. That's right. Give me back. All right. Now we've broken the ice. Yeah. We're all warmed up. It's seven sixteen a mile. I see the show's uh, as good as it's gotten. Uh, no, Eric. Come on. Can you join us? <laughs> it's a good show right here, and Eric is going to join us in the next segment. You're sitting, but you have to sit by Jay. We've got the whole crew here. Yes, here they are. This is Eric fun, Hyatt, fun, fun. Tyzok, Kevin, and Jason. Uh, carbonic masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> that was the I'll, word. I'll of the stick night. to my wine over here, okay? <laughs> you can have that. <laughs> All's well in the world. We'll take a break. Uh, Biker Jim Pittenger in the corner with uh, Little Rich right there. We'll break away on our uh, 630 K Howell affiliate iHeartRadio station, the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Boy, that was quite a segment, Greg. I don't know how to top that. Uh... <laughs> Slow down there, Rich. Jesus, this you know you can't have so a segment about talking about masturbation without Biker Jim. <laughs> exactly. That's how I got this job. <laughs> Biker Jim, what's happening with Biker Jim? Well, right now we are doing our chef series of hot dogs. We just started uh, this month with Justin Brunson. Awesome. We're, what's in that? We're doing the uh, Brunson Cheesy Red Hot. It's a it's a Louisiana-style red hot, pimento cheese sauce, elevations, barbecue sauce, which is fantastic. Uh, we wow. pickle red onions, and then we French fry them. It's a freaking delicious wiener. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, there you go. There you go. Now, also, but what else is happening with Jim? What you got coming up? Well, I, I joined the Colorado Five again this year. Again? Uh, nice. Fantastic lineup this year. We've got uh, Josh Oakley from Avelina, Rebecca Weinzert from Logan, uh, Logan Street. Uh, Arden Lewis from Kamal, Jen Akina from uh, Asukar Bakery, that'll and be, me. That'll be great. Hey, learn more about Colorado Five at Colorado Five. Five Colorado. Five Colorado. Spell out the five. FiveColorado.com. We'll be back. Gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you? A minute till I read. It's pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins. The list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted leaf. Okay. So let me just go past it? Yeah, so that means we're okay. coming back, right? Uh, yeah, we got 30 seconds until the opening starts then. From Arvada West High School, check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. 10 seconds till open start. .com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> this is Justin Brunson, Ultra Meat and Cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy. <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Mike's up. Okay, back to the show. Studio Kitchen, Colorado. It's kind of cool. We caught up with Chef Carrie Barrett. She was in Puerto Rico, Brian. Mm-hmm. Did you see that little video? I totally she did see it. That's awesome. Yep. Roses, Americana. Uh-huh. What is it, Jay? 
Rose's Americana. It is Rose's Americana. It's going into Rosetta Hall. Yeah, where Folsom which Foods was. Folsom Foods. There's a ton. Exactly. You've got Iridu in there. You've got a ton of great restaurants up in. Uh, Lots of movement. Yeah, Boulder's first uh, food, food hall, Rosetta Hall. Congratulations, Chef Gary Bear. Back to the show right now. The boys are on with us. Ty Sock, Kevin, and Jason. Eric Hyatt's got a. Uh, there it is. You all said, let's hear you. Make sure you're there. I'm here. All right, cool. Listening. First of all, let's go through what what's Carboy's offerings. Who wants to take that one? What are you well, What are you making? Well, Car- Carboy, we we do make wine from other regions that we work partners that we work with in the grape growing world. But really, we make innovative, fun, approachable, unpretentious wine that excites people. And when you think about Colorado being the epicenter for the craft brewing industry and all the excitement and distilling. There's a really great opportunity we have in the wine industry to really showcase the adventure that you can have with Colorado wine by painting that picture that this is not held to the same standard as California because every region in the world is, has something that makes their wines unique. And, and Colorado just has to stand up for what, what is what great about Colorado what wine. What is it? Well, you know, the grape, you alluded to it earlier, the grape growing region is uh, over in the Western Slope. Sure. You know, we deal with a lot of different things in, in the climate. You know, spring and fall can throw anything at you. And it's, and it's a high desert climate. So it's growing the right varietals and it's showcasing things that, you know, the soils can be a little bit more alluvial, higher mineral content, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and it can lock that deliciousness in, too. Yeah, I will. You know? but, it's, but, it's, but it's more than that. It's like, you know, there you can change vintage to vintage, and that's the exciting part. So you pick up a bottle of even Carboy wine where we, we every winery strives for consistency in what they're making. But yeah. even from year to year, you, you don't know what you're going to get. And yeah. that doesn't mean it's going to be good or bad. It's just going to be different. And I think that's really exciting because yeah. it keeps you on your toes and it makes you excited for the next vintage. Anybody jump in. Just say your name beforehand and, and then fire away. Say whatever you want to. Well, let's ask, who's Kevin's idol? Kevin. Who's his idol? Who does he? Who does he and Tyzok really like? This is who we want to be when we grow up. Well, David, David, David Grohl is what David I Grohl. was gonna. <laughs> oh, I love you guys even more. Oh, I am I down like, with the foo, man. I love you. Said that. Okay. Okay. Well, so that we're all on the same page. Now, when it comes to making wine, where do you go with that? That's a tough. I think there's so many different influences. Yeah, it's, that's, I say break new row, cut new row. Yeah, like Michael yeah. Myers at two ninety one. Borrow, borrow a little bit from each uh, idol and yeah. do a little quilted patchwork of uh, your your. Well, you're making thing. art, Tyzak. You're making art, and and someone Frank Lloyd Wright said one artist is just copying. It's just one artist is their impression of someone else's work. You want wine there though in that art category anymore? Because you're talking about you know craft it's, beers. It's there whether you I mean, want it to be. Yeah, there. is there, it really? There's some creativity involved. There's some creativity. Uh, there's creative license, but there's a lot of science behind it as well, and, and a lot of it is uh, left up to the, the, the grapes, the raw materials that we're presented with each season. Yeah, you're fermenting grapes. But I want to add on to that though that that that's 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 all true. But we also have to make wine inclusive for a generation of wine drinkers that maybe have a different set of values. And, and when you look at um, that, going back to what we said earlier about that pretentiousness in the wine industry that you, you kind of can't really get it unless you're in the know. I melted around Bobby Stuckey. I yeah, really yeah. did. I didn't oh, even yeah. know how to interview yeah. the dude. He's amazing. He's I, he is. And he's, he is a G and but he's the, everything. The beauty but, of Stuckey is he, he ha- he's happy to educate you. Yeah. And he's excited to bring new people into the fold and get them excited about wine, whereas, you know, I, I've read some reviews from other wineries, and I read a great wine article from SVP Wines 
um, yesterday, actually, talking about how the wine industry in general as a national entity has failed to really evolve itself to establish it, you know, some values with millennials and Gen Zers that the craft brew industry has long since understood. And so it's, it's making – Can it's you talk that- a little bit more about that? I, th- I find that very interesting. What are those th- – are there a couple, two, three points you can well, think of well, of how to bridge that gap? Yeah, I mean, I think price is one thing. Um, that that stands on its own. I don't need to expand on that, but all, but it's also it's it's making it approachable and not and like I said, removing that pretense because I I grew up selling fine fine wine for a long time and becoming a saw myself and I consider myself some t- somewhat of a wine snob, but I always consider myself objective in the way that I appreciate wines regardless of of price or region or whatever. And I think that there's still a traditional establishment in this country or even in the world that wine needs to be held at a different standard. Well, you know, there's a generation of people that don't care about that. They want authenticity and transparency and they want to know, they want to feel like they're a part of it. They don't want to feel like they're excluded from that. They want you to bring it into it. And that's what the craft brew industry and distilling does so well. I mean, look what Breckenridge Distillery is doing right now in this state compared to big brands like Jim Beam. Like, they're establishing that foothold that, hey, we're a Colorado brand. We make great product. We're going to bring you in on every aspect of our business and make you feel a part of our community. They cultivate that. Kevin, so well said. Shout out out to Litch, Pollich. No, 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 they've done a great job. And I think the wine industry has a really great opportunity. And Colorado is a great place for that innovation to take place because you don't have an established traditionalist mindset like you do in California where you have people resistant to things like Stelvin caps and and screw caps and things like that like you don't the, have to you don't have to tuck yourself into a mold yeah well, and do you think that, that, that it's because it's such an old industry I, I find this super fascinating so thank you because well, you're you're opening a door that I don't think we might not have walked down um, and and I wonder though is is it because you're dealing you're in such a mature like sort of old boys club when it comes to wine and some of these others. I mean, and even in the whiskey world, you're in these old boys, but we have all these new young. And if you're not tying in to this, your new customer, well, can, you're losing. Can I go into this thought process? I'd really like to do this. I, I alluded to uh, Michael Myers from Distillery 291 in Colorado Springs. He's breaking every con- Conceivable uh, rule. Yeah, rule. I mean, truly, he's force staving. He's using small, smaller barrels. He's winning awards white, left white and right. Whiskey. There are yeah. folks like um, Sean Smiley, who, Sean, if you're still watching, good to uh, hear from you, who's a traditionalist. You've got to suffer. You've got to have that traditional, and I want it in a barrel. For Three years minimum. Or, and, 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 yeah. and, and just go that road. Tyzak, is, are, are, can you break new ground? Can you do new things now? Or, I mean, talk to us about the climate of what's happening in winemaking. That's a, that's a tricky question. Uh, <laughs> only because there are a lot of uh, pioneers in this industry that have done many new and exciting things uh the goal is to to try to 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 do the best we can with uh the fruit we get from palisade which is it can be it can be tricky but yeah to answer your question uh yeah there are things to to stand so up ben did crowd. something kind of innovative at uh, infinite monkey mm-hmm. right throwing yep. it in a can what are some trending things or things that you would like to see as a winemaker that you put out there and go hmm, i don't know if it's going to work but i like it 
I've been dealing with grapes for a long time. Oh, I would like to oh, the masturbation experiment wine. more with masturbating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I understand. I get it. Well, but here, but let, natural, let's talk about natural. this. You, you've got a, a, a totally different, you, you gave it the name. I don't know what that is. I call it a pop top. Oh. Um, Wine? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, yeah, it's just a, it's a crown cap. Crown, crown, crown cap. cap. That, guys, listen, no one's doing that. And I guarantee you there's a French man who is cursing at you about that right now. He's not to, even French. He's, he's California. He lives, he, in, Pal- he lives in Paso Robles. <laughs> he's cursing. <laughs> well, but tell us. Tell us about that because that's new. I mean, that's – you're taking it – and I don't want to say dumbing it down. So, so this is actually a sparkling wine. Yeah, oh, I know. Yep. I and saw so that, the, the fizz. Cra- the crown cap can withstand a lot of uh, pressure. Uh, I think this one in particular up to uh, five atmospheres yeah. of pressure. So. It would pop a cork. It would yeah, pop a cork if you, case, if you utilize a cork. Oh, interesting. Are you getting a tiny bubble? What What are you getting out of oh, by putting have, that on right. there? Are we, do we got a break? I'm well, sorry. I'm not paying attention. Up. I'm so jazzed right now, man. Aren't jazzed? You? <laughs> wow. Boomer. Who says? <laughs> 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 Come up with a better. Uh, we're going Dave Grohl the jazz. Hey, do not cool. make me go aggro yeah, on you guys, yeah, okay? Because that will happen. I feel so aggressed right now. I don't know what's happening. Kevin, we talked about in the last segment. People probably like, well, hey, come on, talk about that. Difference between variety and varietal. You know, the, it's semantics. It, some people look at it as tomato, tomato, but really it's, you know, I've had great, many grape growers talk to me about how it's, it's the variety of a grape. And the varietal speaks to the characteristics of that and, and not the other way around. So, I mean. Are you sure? I mean, I'm not. I mean, region of the world again, has nothing to do with varietal like that. You can have a varietal specific attribute. Yeah. So like Cab Franc grown in Cab and is a variety that grows in Colorado, in South yes. Africa, uh-huh. in Loire Valley, in France, uh-huh. but they have different varietal characteristics per region. Well, and different make varieties different. of grape, right? Because when you speak to variety, you speak to the type of grape, don't you? And then when you speak to varietal, could be clonal, you're speaking to could be more of the type of wine? Yeah, it could be like if, per region, you could be dealing with different clones of those gra- of that variety. You could, And then obviously the you know, the terroir, the, the soil, the climate, the water, all those things impact it. So that's what you speak to when you talk about varietal characteristics. But like I said, we're, we're, we don't shame people for saying variety versus varietal. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. Everyone gets what they're talking about. So. Speaking of shaming, you know, Brian, how many times – now, you're very well-versed. You're Brian Freeman. <laughs> how many times have you been at a restaurant to where you were terrified to order wine for you and your date or just what you just uh, When I was even younger, for it? sure. Yeah. I, now, I mean, you, you fake it till you make it if you're not in sales and you don't know that. But, but I, yes, I know well a thousand percent. And that's where I was saying earlier with the younger generation right now because they want to feel we do empowered. That? Let's walk us through. So me yeah. and Brian are going to be as dumb as we are. So we're not even going to change roles. I'm going to start that up. up <laughs> one, of the, one of the beautiful things, Psalms are a dying breed in this country and, and all over the world. So yeah. one of the best things you can do is, is getting comfortable asking questions. You know, if there's a psalm in the building. But let's, let's figure out the few questions that you would want to ask, just for guys. You, you, know, gotta, like you have to look like internally. You know, okay. tell, tell Hang on. Let's, let's break off. Okay. We'll come back. I want to ask a couple of those questions, and then you guys are doing a great job not only making the wine, but the distribution. It's everywhere, and it's a lot of places. What's the model? Are you wanting to be in other restaurants, uh, liquor stores, all of the above? How does that all work out? You're nodding your head. Yes, this yeah. is a cool show. Uh-huh. Carboy Winery here with us right now. And uh, have you been over to the Logan Street? 
car boy? The old, uh, the old, uh, no, that, that one I have you not been, been to yet. Yeah. Uh, the old Gov Park. Yeah. No, but I have been to their south, south of Santa Fe, which that one I will, I will jump on the roof every day. I, I sent someone there today You'll jump who's on visiting. The roof. Well, to tell everyone, I'll scream from the rooftops, man, because what they've got going on down there, and I don't know if it's a partnership with Breckenridge Brewery, or, but I saw, I saw Nathaniel Rateliff there once with a, a couple different bands. That was awesome. You're jazzed, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I, these guys, I'm I you lo- said it. I was going to say it. It's, it's like, jazz. He's jazz. You jazz, can tell. Jazz. Like, feel it. Jazz stuff. These are my jazz hands, baby. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Jazz flute. <laughs> Spice guy in the little rich corner. It's uh, Zach Johnson. He's a friend of ours, and he's about to be a friend of yours for one minute right here on the uh, Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Yeah, you're right. Look who I got. I got my buddy Zach over here. Zach from The Spice Guy. What's happening? What's new at The Spice Guy? What's your secret sauce? Oh, Rich, you know everything at The Spice Guy. We're constantly busy growing, growing, growing. Uh, Had the pleasure of getting our taxes done last week and paying Uncle Sam a, Fun. a pretty penny. Uh, but yeah, we're jamming. We're happy. Everything's going super well. Uh, as busy as we've ever been. And, you know, we're, we're just rolling out this compostable program every single week, just making sure that uh, customers are informed, that we're doing as good of a job as possible, that the bags are holding up as well as anything else. Um, and that's kind of been our main focus for the last couple of weeks. We launched uh, our own app at the Levers Locavore store to be paired with our time machine. So we've been really busy with a few like super weird things and then, uh, you know, making dreams come true for a bunch of our partners like Conor Post Meats, uh, River Bear Meats, just doing a bunch of new blends for these guys, getting everything sorted out and growing the empire, not the resume. Yeah, we're going to have to have you talk with these guys from Angelo's and Carboy about some spices. We should talk to them. Man, they're here. They're here. Hey, we're going to be back. We've got one of our best sponsors, our favorite sponsor, Zach, right here. Support this guy. He's awesome. We'll be right back. Here's Denver's award-winning Belgian-style brewery. I am very pleased to tell you that our new tap room at Colfax and York in Congress Park is now open, and it is a unique experience. It's close to great restaurants, has a big sunny patio for warmer days, will feature live music, and it has a very cool contemporary Belgian-style bar and tap room. To celebrate our second location, we have 18 beers on tap, including several limited-edition sour and barrel-aged beers. For some holiday good cheer, Try our figgy pudding and our unique champagne beer, Brut Le Grand. Check it all out on our website, brewsbeers.com. That's brews, spelled B-R-U-Z, at 67th and Pecos, and now open in Congress Park at Colfax in York. Join us this week at either location for some serious Belgian-style badassery. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose the Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com. 
hey, you know what? It's the new year, and everyone's always looking for new ways to be more profitable. And so they always attack the different line items. But one almost everybody never looks at is their utilities, what they're spending on natural gas. Brian, do you have any tips for us on how to save money on natural gas? Absolutely. Just call me. Call me. That's all you got to do. What's that number, Brian? That number is 720-245-5771. Be sure and give Brian a call at Encore Energy. Hi, this is Lori Mitson. I'm a food hack, a.k.a. food writer. I was just told that I could put my line. And you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Okay, here we are, back at it. The Modern Eater Show, Carboy Winery. Up. Guys, we're on the show. We're ready to go. How are we doing here, everybody? <laughs> Hello. I know Jay's like, couldn't you guys please concentrate? <laughs> yes, we can. And thank you. When we broke off, we were talking about all of these different varieties of wines. The varieties versus varietal? Well, no, just the varieties. <laughs> guys, you are really excited about this wine right here. What's this uh, 59? So, so Vin 59 is a wine that we came up with in the, uh, the very beginning uh, when we were trying to establish ourselves a, a, a really good blend that um, encompassed, that kind of went with the marketing that we were going after. So uh, when we looked back at different time periods in history that had carboys, um, I found evidences of that in the uh, gold rush, the Colorado gold rush. Gotcha. Um, so we decided on a name, Vin 59, to pay homage to that 1859 pioneers in the gold rush period. And, and when we first started um, out, we were sourcing grapes only from California. And then as time grew on, we kind of felt like, you know, to make this historically and geographically correct, varietally correct, uh, this should be a Colorado blend. So this uh, particular vintage finally was rechristened as an all-Colorado blend, and we're really excited about yeah, it. That's cool. Very cool. Where is yeah. that available? Uh, it's available in all three of our tasting rooms, and then we, you know, we're really kicking distribution off this year. We've got about 20 restaurant accounts right now that carry our wine. Smoking. And we're, uh, you know, I'm, you know we were, we're literally, like, I'm having to, like, I'm, I'm more busy than I've ever been as far as restaurants that want to carry it. Kevin, do you guys do mail-order? We don't. No, don't? We, okay. we force people to come see us because you get a handshake and you yeah. get a story. And you nice. can't get that if you're, if you're just shipping wine. Well, yeah. he, does he look like Gary Vee to you? <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's just it's an interesting model because, I mean, I am uh, Oh, from years back, I have put my name on a couple of lists and you can't get their wine anywhere else except their releases and you have to be bought in kind of deal. And um, and the, like the waiting list is one in particular out in California that I'm on. It's it's ten years just to even yeah. get a bottle if you're not signed up already. I yeah. mean, so and, you I love your guys' stuff. I mean, that's why I ask because yeah, no, and and you know what, wine clubs are great. I belong to a few of myself, and yeah. but the problem that I fe- I fell into is that after a while, you're it's all just an email communication, and you're like you've lost that connection with yeah. them. And, you know, we're, we're really proud. You know, I think the national average for most wine clubs is somewhere between a year and a half and two years. And we have an amazing club of, of members that have been with us since day one. And we, we continue to offer them something new all the time. They can come into the tasting rooms and they can get ultimate hospitality. And they can get, to, they, they they can get that feeling that they can't get from that one trip they had to Napa. We throw great parties every, every quarterly release. We have great parties in our tasting rooms. And you come in. 
have something the chef prepared, you know, something that, that, like you might see awesome. here, and get to try the new uh, the new vintages. Mm -hmm. L let me circle back, Jason. What's something new? What what's this is this has been, in my opinion, listen, wine is the oldest spirit that we have. That's probably not a thousand percent accurate because I think it's somewhere in between beer and wine, but. This is, a, this is not something new. This is not changing. I mean, in, when I look at something like wine and what you're doing, it, it is a very long ship. And it doesn't turn fast. Yep. And there's not new stuff coming into the market all the time. But where do you guys see that? Because I think that there is, there's room for that. Man, we're, we're, uh, we're three and a half years in, so everything is new for us. You know, we have, uh, we have sparkling wine coming out. Uh, this one was made up, up in Breckenridge, but Denver is going to be the center of sparkling wine for Carboy, and we're going to do a, a variety of different uh, production methods. You know, we have our, our red blends. The fruit is only getting better coming out of Palisade, and uh, I'd like to think that we continue to work better as a wine team and, and putting together better blends. And Hi, then, Zach, uh, can you make a bad grape taste good? <laughs> Great question. Uh, I've heard I, some I guys. Think he, I think he can. Like, he's he's, a, he's yeah, a magician. Like Alex Liberati, when he came in here, he likes to mess around grapes. We took him to Palisade, and, and he's like, I can make a bad grape taste good. There are tricks. Yeah. <laughs> there are tricks, but the, the, the most rewarding thing is, is to showcase uh, the... The good grapes, honestly, uh, it's a yeah. tough question. I mean, you can slap lipstick on a on a. On a he's pig being modest. So he's times. a ghost. He's a grape whisperer. I've seen <laughs> it. Really? Let's I've talk about. It. It. I feel you know, and, and totally appreciate where the conversation's gone. I always relate to the sales guy. Sales guy <laughs> talks a lot about, but the winemaker, right? Let's go to you. Let's talk about what what's what's making you just really passionate what are you seeing out there what what do you want to realize what do you want carboy to be i think it's exciting to to work with uh the varieties the experimental varieties that are being planted by by some of the growers that are willing to take risks and willing to try out uh grapes that aren't, aren't typically or haven't been planted so transplanting grapes from different regions? Yeah, for instance, the Tiraldigo that you uh, tasted is a, an alpine variety that's uh, its origins are uh, from that? Alto Adige, probably the, the one darker on your one. right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm and so it's, its parent grape is Syrah, right? Me a meatier, heavier wine. This one's a, a bit lighter and has a, a spicier component, uh, I feel. And it's, uh, it's almost as though it's uh, Syrah meets Zinfandel, right? And so it's exciting to work with, with varieties that uh, seemingly will, will, will be more prevalent as we move forward. Yeah. Tyzak, I'm a young farmer. I want to grow a grape for you guys. We're, like when you say go on the edge, are, are you, do you really mean that? Do you really mean, hey, listen, Brian, I want you to grow 500 pounds because that's my minimum. What it, you know, so what is the minimum that, you, that you'd need to even try something? I think... I think uh, one ton is a sufficient okay, uh, so a couple thousand pounds starting point. Correct. One ton, typically uh, upon fermentation and, and finished product, uh, equates to about 150 to 160 gallons. So you're looking at two and a half barrels of, of wine product. And do you want me doing some crazy grape, or do you want me to find something that no one's grown in 50 years? It's an old varietal that's that I can go go to Italy go. To some off place in Europe and find a vine that has been neglected. I mean, I would love to work with uh, Zweigelt. Zweigelt is a, an Austrian uh, variety that's uh, somewhat similar, but but uh, has uh, possesses more minerality than Tiraldigo and more uh, voluptuousness, if you will. 
got to work for this climate, this environment. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it can't be something off the wall that's not going to work with Colorado. Yeah. I mean, I love Grenache. I, I wish Grenache okay, uh, yeah. were we, able we to. We planted Grenache in my front yard this year, and it's probably all dead. <laughs> do you guys want a wine that's going to have to age, or do you want a wine that's going to be, you're going to drink really young? That's a great question. Uh, because we're a new company, we, we've been put in a position where it's, it's somewhat necessary to uh, produce wines that are approachable and, and as, as they're young, if you will, uh, to be able to provide product. But as we move forward and, and grow, we're able to put aside wines that uh, are going to be aging much longer, whether it be in barrel or in bottle. So that is... Uh, I see Chef yeah. over here. He's itching to get in here. I like this. Yeah, yeah you guys are... Uh, we're getting some feedback from New Zealand. We're getting... I'm going to shout out to a little bit listening in New Zealand. You have some oh, uh, really? listeners, yeah, across a big old pond. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's What's super cool to hear. Loving it. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, having a great giddy over there. I like, and your, your perspective of what you've heard tonight, I'm sure you've wanted to jump in multiple times. Well, I like to leave the uh, professionals to what they do and what they do best. But more importantly, uh, behind the scenes, we are having so much fun with this winemaking process. You should see the, the tastings that we do when we're doing our, uh, our samplings and we're doing some blendings and tasting wines. It's, it's, like a, it's like a really good, really good time to, to be in this industry and to be with these Eric, guys. Eric likes to push us at times. Don't, yeah, don't let him fool you. He, he was the inspiration behind yeah. this uh, yeah. carbonic. Uh, they, they laughed at me. Master- yeah. They laughed at me for the masturbating he, he said, He said, <laughs> I, I want to make a Beaujolais. And so uh, we had an opportunity with uh, the, these grapes that didn't quite ripen to their full potential, uh, yeah. varietally speaking. Yes, sir. And so uh, we, we made a, a Beaujolais style. Uh, product. He with, told with those Beaujolais groups. drinkers that he wanted that he wanted to make Beaujolais. So we had to, you know, we had to. And, and <laughs> well, I, guys, to, oh, and I want him to do it because I have a vision on Seventh on Seventh Ave between uh, between per, uh, Pennsylvania and Logan Street. I have a vision of hay bales blocking uh, on Seventh, blocking at Logan Street, oh, wow. and rolling barrels down down the street and cracking them open to celebrate Beaujolais. If he's got a vision, it'll probably happen sometime in the next few years. Well, yeah. and listen, from somebody who does <laughs> like to do the visionary stuff, if you've already seen it in your mind, it's going to happen. Yeah, the make four, it happen. Hey, does, four, four does, does the word bougie come from that, Beaujolais? Uh, Beaujolais is uh, the region in, in France. I think bougie. Uh, that uh, Gamay is the, is the grape oh, okay. in Beaujolais. But it, but the, and the Beaujolais is a young, is it, I mean, or is that just the Nouveau? When you put the Beaujolais Nouveau behind it, is Nouveau that, is the that's, young. That's the that's young version. Release. The yeah. young. But, it, but I thought most Beaujolais were a first year or first couple years kind of Correct. release. Correct. Kind of wine. Enjoyed younger on the younger Enjoyed side. Enjoyed younger. Okay. A few that yeah. can age, but for the most part, yeah. Next segment's called Booze in the News. All the booze news you can use right here. <laughs> we're going to taste. We're yeah, going to taste some We're things going for the 59er. And we're going to go for notes. What do you guys want to open? Uh, hey, listen, we're here. You've brought a lot of good stuff, right? Yeah. So we'll just go open down it the, all. We got some yeah. goodies. We'll go down the line. I like where he goes with that. Open it all. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Weber's over there with Little Rich in the Little Rich corner. I don't know what this is all about, but it's got to be. In her. I have no idea what. When about Rich is hiding something there. behind the card, get nervous, this get excited. Cool. <laughs> hey, no secret, I get a little intimidated around wine, and especially these heavy hitters right here. But they make you feel, feel very comfortable. One of the things that I want to hit in the next segment is how can we do that? How can we make this a, a more approachable thing? Because you hit it right on the, uh, on the head, Brian. Um, wine's never going anywhere. We've seen these trends. We've done beer dinners, and we've done spirits dinners, and, and it comes right back full circle. Where's the wine? Yep. 
And I, I, I think well, that's, we're incorporating that this year with our summer dinner absolutely. series. These guys are going to have their night to shine because nice, this is nice. Uh, yeah. Our boy winery. Right. We like that. Solidifying, putting their steak in the ground right here at the <laughs> Modern Eater Show and uh, Studio Kitchen Colorado. Little Rich, Little Rich Corner. We'll break away. Come right back. Final segment right here. The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. You know, Greg, before we go to booze in the news, we're going to go to bars in the news. Kevin told me about a little project because he doesn't have enough going on. What else you got going on, Kevin? So, we, so uh, my brother and I started a company about six years ago, and uh, we are innovators in the energy and nutrition bar category. So, and long story short, we make bars that help people play better and perform better longer than any other bar on the market. And we're really excited that next week we're releasing a bar specifically for our nation's superheroes, our men and women of the armed forces, by providing a bar that's very innovative and unique that allows them wow. to stay in the field longer, which is something that is really close and near and dear to our hearts. So it's, uh, yeah. it's really, really exciting, and we're shaking up a category that's been long overdue for some innovation. So Two quick questions. Where can I get these? You can get them at REI. Nationwide, you can get them in Safeway, King Supers, and Natural Grocers. And awesome. on our website, Amazon Prime. Okay, and your website, what's that address? Fourpointsbar.com. Fourpointsbar.com. Yep. yep. Awesome. Hey, we're going to be right back. Stay here with your friends at the Modern Eater. Watch us. You will get better. We've got Element Knife, Rome Sausage, and Meridian Spirits. People know the importance of a quality knife and proper care. My training in Japan exposed me to exceptional cutlery. That's why I am so excited to offer you the knives I fell in love with. Element Knife Company is chef-driven, and my goal is to support and educate. Get at me for a knife clinic or conversation. Find me at elementknife.com or by simply calling 303-460-4628. For the best knives in your kitchen, think Element Knife Company. Hey guys, Chris Johnson here, owner of Rome Sausage, your hyper-local source for all things sausage awesomeness. My family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of Rome's founder, Jerry Rome, by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality, not quantity. Every batch is made here in the great state of Colorado by hand-mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples, and of course, sausage jokes, can be had by contacting me directly at chris at romesausage.com or by phone at 303-296-7663. The modern eater loves Rome sausage, and I know you will too. What do you get when you have two women who love to play with corn? A unique craft distillery, of course. Let me explain. Hi, my name is Alex Tudor. My mom and I own Meridium Spirits, located right here in Colorado. Chances are you've seen our award-winning Coop Gin and Coop Vodka on the shelves at many fine local retail locations. Here's our mission. My mom and I believe that family is important, and our business is a reflection of that. When you taste our delicious and locally crafted spirits in a cocktail or by themselves, you'll taste our passion for what we do. Hear our story and watch our progress this year on The Modern Eater. We love to share because everything is more fun with friends. Next time you choose a vodka or gin, consider us. Meridium Spirits. 
Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. Oh, everybody likes this segment. Booze in the news, all the booze news you can use right here on the Modern Eater show as we continue. Eric Hyatt with us here, uh, Tyzak Worthen, Ke- uh, Kevin Weber, not Eric Weber, and Jason Snapkoski. Uh, Nice. Huh? Good job. Snap. We'll call him Snap. (laughs) Uh, Guys, it is really cool, but um, I wanted to, before we start tasting, uh, just have you, Kevin, just riff. You're like, we need more of this. We need more of this kind of talk. And I know Brian and I will dumb it down and we'll just, we're not afraid to ask the dumb questions. I think a lot of people are afraid to ask the dumb questions and putting that wine on a pedestal. Should it be? Talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there's no dumb questions out there. I mean, it's, um, you know, the thing is, is, you know, you alluded to it earlier that there's traditions within the wine industry. And traditions are great. They're meant to be respected because it gives you a sense of where you've come from. But every industry, no matter what it is, has to evolve to the values of the next, next man up. The We're next seeing generation. that with chefs and kitchens. Yeah. Yep. It has to. I mean, you, it just, it's just the way it is. And, and industries that are slow to evolve, they, they die. They go away. And um, you know, wine is something that's really, truly wonderful because unlike beer and uh, spirits where you can do a lot of manipulation through either barrels or flavors or all those kind of things, wine is really raw. I mean, it's really nature gives you a grape and every year it could be totally different and then it's showcasing that. So the way to keep that relevant, in my opinion, especially with these newer generations, is one, remove that barrier of you have to be in the know to appreciate this. Um, which, you know, like Jason said, Psalm, a lot of the Psalm community has always kind of been that nose in the air that has kind of made people feel like you've got to understand this to really appreciate it. Because that's just not true. Colorado Psalms are totally different. Totally different. They are. It's Colorado not Psalms even close. Colorado are approachable. And that's why I was starting to talk about earlier, like, tell them what your budget is. Tell them what you like. You know, you don't have to be educated. Yeah. Just give them a little hint and they're going to dial it in for it's you. terrifying. Yeah. I know what an IPA is. Yeah. I know what a pills is. Well, when are we going to get a psalm in the liquor store? Yeah. yeah. Is what I would ask. Because uh, I mean, you, have, a, you have you have brewers all the yeah. time in the liquor store. Because if, if you don't taste a beer, you don't know it. Let's but there's just some, passion there's some behind great that, great wine stores in town that do have psalms in there. You yeah. know, it's like you go to Mondovino, you go to Joy, you go to Divino. Yeah. You know, they kill it every day. They got great selection. Everything you buy off the shelf is good. We're going to get David because yeah. David is one of those new guys. Over at Davino, that I think he's going to bring this younger generation into it. So, Brian, I can teach you how to drink scotch like a sir. Like a sir, you have, actually. But I can't teach you. So, wine, yeah. just a couple of apparent things. So, uh, holding wine by there, not the stem, not up top. There's a reason behind well, wait, that. Well, wait, do actually you do practical. that or wear a coconut? No, on, guys. it's actually practical. I mean, uh, you're, and you're, it's you're, all. You can hold the stem, I think. Stem, stem, is, stem is great. Lower base if you want to, you know, talk with your hands. But you why? Know, up, up here, the only reason why you don't want to hold it up Very here is because you're going to warm up the wine. Yep, and so what, what he's talking about, folks, on the radio, you can't see this. You get to our Facebook, but what it is is it's not the— Well, the, you see, I mean, this is not proper, you know. Yeah, yeah it's you're not—you're not heating up so the— So how the, are you going to yeah. spin it? Come on, vessel. Tyson's laughing. Come on, why are you laughing? I hold the glass any damn way. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do you really? That's, that's one of the pretenses <laughs> you got to remove from it, that I you like have to that. drink it yeah, a certain way. Okay, but listen, before the break, when you were over there with Eric, and you were holding that like just like this when it was being poured. That's a great point. 
Yeah, but he sometimes hits lefty, though. I've seen it. Like, he'll use the left hand. I mean, how, how hot is somebody's hand? Especially Carbonic. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Yes, You'd be surprised. We're going to cook this thing up. You know? Listen, I took a bottle out of my cellar the other day, and it was red, and it was down in the 50s. And, and the person that I poured it for is like, oh, that's different. It's cold. Okay. What else, guys? And that was good. What though. else would you like you know. to do? We'll just go round robin. What else would you, you know, like to dispel or just, either just, confirm? Just to capitalize on everything we've said here, drink what you like. You know, yeah. if you want to, if you want to drink red wine with ice in it, drink it and embrace it and enjoy it because that's what you like. You know, if you want to, you like you those wanna, infidels. You know, those if you want to finger stir Negroni, <laughs> Gary Reagan, rest in peace. You know, finger stir your Negroni. Yeah. Hey, if you yeah. want to drink bitters, you know, we <laughs> yeah. drink a whole a whole bottle of bitters. What no. shall we? Oh, have? I yeah. I drink the, the Contrato is yeah. one of my favorite bitters. Like that's a winemaker, you know, and and, and there and the in, the Contrato. Uh, I'm sure you've had that the Contrato bitters. Yeah. Winemaker switch yeah. to saying no one's doing this good. But yeah. when drinking spirits, it's very similar that yeah. you do want to utilize your smell. Your right off the bat. These are the strongest yeah. of your senses. It all starts there. Okay, so clockwise, counterclockwise. Does it matter? Is no. Is that a bunch of BS? Because I was told it depends, it depends upon which hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah. Clockwise here. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're left-handed, you go the other way. I don't know. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, it doesn't right? Matter. It's I, one of those I, things that, again, like there's a, the, the industry established things that are proper um, and those are bears that just need to bro- be broken down. Like wine can be simple and just as elegant as it can be complex. The entire purpose behind the swirl is to coat the surface area so that you have more molecules. Aromatic. To- yeah, it, you're getting more air into the so, wine, so right? However you want to swirl it is fine. Okay, yeah. well, that's what I thought. Even- and I was like, why is it backwards? And they tried to tell me that backwards is the not the way that the uh, – they were trying to say that the way that the – Molecule is is this way, so going backwards opens it up. They they were having fun with you. Fun, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. What's next, boys? Up, he's ready to go for the next one. Well, we got national. Yeah, yeah, yeah. National Wine Day coming up, guys. It is on Tuesday. Oh man, let let us tell you about that for one second. We normally retail this in our tasting room for seven dollars. You fill them up. The fills cost, depending on the wine, anywhere from nineteen to thirty-nine dollars. On Tuesday, we just want people to drink wine. You know, and drink local wine. So you can come into any one of our three tasting rooms, tap rooms, fill one of these up with the wine of your choice for $10. Oh, wow. Oh, That's this coming Tuesday. Tuesday. Two minutes. Tuesday. We're going to push one that. Per, one per person. Okay. One per person? Yeah. One per person. That's all you need. So bring, yeah. ten, for fr- bring 10 friends. And then you're automatically signed up for rewards. So Fantastic. every four after that, every four uh, fills. Seven. You, seven. Oh, no. Yeah, every seven seventh fi- is free. Every seventh fill is free. So it starts you off. Right. Can you get Guys, the- these, these uh, whites are really approachable, awesome. really easy. So good, right? Awesome, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, I mean. That's, color- that's, that's Colorado right there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really different, and it's really great. Housekeeping. Uh, I always say it's called the 60-second, 30-second elevator speech. Why to come see it, Carboy? Um, because we're going to give you a true experience all the way around. And that experience may be a private tasting. It may be a self-led flight. It may be just having a glass of wine on a date night with a board, but you're going to learn about Colorado wine. You're going to you're going to get it innovative out of a keg, or you're going to get it out of a bottle. You're going to get uh, schooled on what's cool going on in the Western Slope and how adventurous the Colorado mm-hmm. wine experience is. And you might get a pedicab ride, pedicab ride over the Angelos afterwards. Or you might get some carbonic masturbation. Yeah, I, I think you I can't might. Say pedicab. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love it, guys. Really sincerely. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Great for having what us. a great time tonight. What a great time. Eric. And, hey, and if you're in Breckenridge, 
You guys got a place up there. Don't yep. forget about that because I'll tell you. Oldest, oldest liquor license west of the Mississippi. 79. Go get a pizza at Angelo's. I have to thank everybody. Angelo's Taverna, Carboy Winery, Logan Street, Ivy on 7th, Madison for helping put this all together. Thank you, Madison. Eric Hyatt, Tyzak Worthen. Kevin Weber, Jason Subnoski. Just call him Snatch. Snatch, uh, snatch baby. Snatch. 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 Um, or Snatch. <laughs> Little Rich Snyder, thank you Craig and Jones. welcome back. Craig Jay Jones, Parkin. Founder. Craig, thank you. Jay Parker Kenyon, Dave Avery, Brian Freeman, Greg Holland back. We'll see you next week. It is Jesusio Silvia. Jesusio Silvia from where? Yep. Broadway Market. Masaki. Yeah, Broadway he's Market. got a few places, man. It's going to be fun. Next week, the Modern Eater Show. This is a special...